MMR's President Seed Podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleep Housekeeping, you want towels? Want towels. Need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want in for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You Steve Morrison. Words are like bullets. Plus. Casey Boyd. Lay off me, I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you all. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. morning and uh, a good day to you as well dear friend welcome uh friday's arrive beautiful things celebrations yep we can have that and now preston and steve's news updates with kathy romano the 10th day of november a friday good morning kathy Good morning. In the news this morning, Philadelphia police believe suspects turned a secluded wooded area off of South Road and Bartram Avenue in southwest Philadelphia into a chop shop. Police said at least 15 vehicles, as well as many parts, were towed from the scene Thursday evening. It's near the Philadelphia International Airport on Pendot's property. Detectives already know the vehicles were stolen from across the region, including South Jersey. They said the suspects created a garage in the woods covered by a camouflage tarp, and they worked overnight based on several lights inside. Detectives said there were also many man-made exit points in case the suspects needed to escape. Police said that there have been a spike in stolen vehicles and that vehicle thefts have been a problem since 2020. There have been almost 26,000 vehicle thefts across Philadelphia over the past 12 months. So in one year, 26,000. Wow, it's crazy. Um, They said that's three and a half times the annual average over the last three years. Pretty sophisticated sounding operation that they had set up. I mean, it's camouflaged in the woods. They've got lights inside. They're making sure They've got escape points and all that. That's uh, I was watching a feature well about out. these places, and they have jammers, and they have things that can foil location systems on wow. cars. And, uh, yeah, it is pretty elaborate. That's how you get 26,000 cars. 26,000. Uh. Uh, my neighbor's car was stolen a few months ago, and they did eventually find it months later, and it was just ransacked. I mean, yeah. everything was ripped out from inside. But they did find his wallet with, like, all I mean, his credit cards were gone, but, like, his ID and stuff were, were still well, in there. That's like, good. <laughs> well, yeah. Very, it's very honest. Uh, when yeah, my wife's car was stolen, it took, it took about... Um, um, I guess about 11 months, they, they eventually found it. It was declared stolen. Where was lost. it? I think it was in Jersey. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but um, but it, actually, for the first two weeks after it was stolen, uh, the Easy Pass was still going. Was still going. Mm. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. I mean, yeah, there's, my neighbors were explaining to me that there's, uh, at least their insurance company told them that there's a certain amount of time. And if it's not found within that time yeah. frame, they just consider right, it right. a loss. It. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, so many of them are not reclaimed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, police have not made any arrests in this, but they did tow away all of these cars and parts and all of that. So poli- police are looking uh, for who's responsible for this. Police are also investigating a string of brazen break-ins on the main line. Lower Marion police say that they've had 13 residential burglaries 
since September. Victims reported jewelry, cash, and electronics stolen. The most recent one was last Sunday, and police put out a warning to residents on Wednesday. Lower Marion police say that the people behind these burglaries are organized, waiting for homeowners to leave and mainly striking in the evening. So another organized uh, group, Preston, that's able to get into these big homes. And they say a lot of them are going in, Kathy, to the second floor. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, they said that... Yeah. Not, not the routine way of breaking into a house. Right. They said the alarm systems don't seem to be a deterrent for them. They're making entrance uh, through the rear of this article, said through the rear of the home, uh, or also breaking windows and sliding glass doors, because a lot of times, too, if you if you break a window, if you don't... Uh, sometimes the security system isn't on the windows, and yeah, so right, they right. can just enter through the window. It'll, instead of sliding it open, yes, breaking break it, it won't uh, trigger it. Okay. And, and at least one of these incidents, Kathy, the uh, owners of the home were home at the time. Yes. And so so it's like, look, it's near lot, you, Nick. It is yeah. it's near where I live. A lot, and a few of the uh, um, burglaries actually surrounded our home. Uh, lock your doors, lock your car, shut the garage, do the things you're supposed to do, and hopefully it'll dissuade or at least protect you a little bit. All right. So the second floor thing is going to make me swallow my words a little bit because okay. uh, Rochelle locks everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Everything. Me and too. I I'm, mean, I'm if there is like on the second floor, so, you know, in our, our beach house, we've got uh, a second floor, there's sliders up there. She will close the screens and lock the screen doors <laughs> and close the sliders and lock the sliders and then the little, the, you know, put a little stick in the thing. I mean, like, locks it up like Fort Knox and I'm like, no one is going to come up to the second floor <laughs> and climb up to get into the house. What a pain in the ass it would be too, that would make too much of a, uh-huh. uh, you know, it would be too visible, it would be too much work. Maybe I'm wrong. When you go home today, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Give her a big hug from me. Because that's that's my yeah, I'm always locking, locking, locking. I am too. Yeah. I lock the second floor windows too. I don't I I don't you don't know what these damn people like. Well, you I know what they do. I know what they do. What they actually do is they, they will some of them sometimes will have things akin to work trucks. They will have ladders. They will go around an area that's not as yeah. conspicuous. They will go up because a lot of people don't put sensors uh Thinking exactly that right. on the second floor. Wait, do you have your um, escape route? Like if somebody does break into your house? No. Oh, okay, I have mine. Yeah, th- really? Yeah. You do? No. Yeah, I know what I would do, Kathy where I would go, present, and how I would get out. It's, it's the bust of a of a William Shakespeare. She pulls it back. There's it's a guy. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it, uh, a pole opens up in the wall. Uh, <laughs> to the cat cave. Wow, so yeah. you, you're almost like Casey yeah. in Hidden Fists. Yeah. You've got your plan. Yeah, like the second I hear a noise, running down, grabbing oh. Chase. You got to hear, you know, Dr. Mike is awesome because he's got, he's got a plan. I've got, we're, you know, I'm similar. I have my, my way about, you know, obviously the best thing to do is if someone has broken into the house, get out of the house. I have a perfect place for a panic room in my house. Like I really do where they wouldn't even know. Ooh. That we were in there, they wouldn't know that there was a room. Need one of those. You yeah. know what you need? You need an equalizer yeah. type, Preston, and the equalizer too, right? Yeah, yeah his panic room. Yeah, the, yeah. the two way mirror, the whole damn thing. I know somebody who does have a panic room in their house. They they built a, a new house not that long ago, a few years ago, and you know they have some money and they had a panic room put in. I wow. wasted money. I, uh, <laughs> I had I got confused and I had manic panic installed. In <laughs> oh wow! And, okay, at least yeah, your hair, hair comes great. out red. <laughs> um, I think if any burglars came into my house, they would take a look at my kitchen cabinets and go, oh, these people don't have any money. Right. Yeah, we're We can go now. Yeah. Casey, I thought yeah. about that too. Like, what is it? Is he going to steal my Doc Gooden rookie card? Like, there's no yeah. value in my yeah. house. There's nothing to take. Yeah. What you do have is one of the best yeah. things you could possibly have. You have dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and 
Oh my God. Yeah. Do they go absolutely freaking bonkers? My right. one dog. Yeah, except they'd probably kiss them. <laughs> Fozzie wouldn't. No, 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 no. Dude, I got to show you a video of Reggie. When they had an Amazon guy dropping a package off, jumping at the at the front door, like literally his head got all the way up to the top of the door jam, like it's insane. Now, once you get into the house, yeah. they'll be like, "Hey, what's going on, buddy?" They don't know that. They don't know that. They don't know, they don't know yeah, that, yeah. and they see that, and they see right, this right. giant dog going Just crazy. Yeah. yeah. So police are saying that there's a bit of a delay from the time the alarm goes off until police are ultimately called. So if the alarm on the house does go off, they still have time to get into the house, get some things. Uh, police say it's happening, or it happened, in Villanova, Gladwin, Bryn Mawr, and Penn Valley. And they're asking residents to check any surveillance cameras uh, for anything suspicious. Last week in Radnor, surveillance cameras caught two men breaking into multi-million dollar homes, taking expensive handbags and jewelry. And then similar burglaries were also reported in Abington. Police here say that there have been a vac- they have a vacant home program uh, where police will check on your home while you're away if you sign up. So I, have so, I have so many cameras in my house. There's less camera coverage at the Olympics than there is in my house. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyone with information or surveillance footage should contact Lower Marion Detectives. And those cameras, like, they get some pretty good images. So, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like if they see those cameras, people are going to stay away. <laughs> right. The iconic 1990s Philadelphia Eagles jacket made famous by Princess Diana went on sale yesterday. Fans lined up early at the Eagles Pro Shop in South Philadelphia. And according to shoppers, it was like a melee inside the store. Marissa was uh, had one in her, uh, in her like, uh, cart. Cart, and then it just disappeared when she went to check out. Oh, damn! Wait, online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it went on sale while while the show was going on, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's uh, listen. I think it's a cool little jacket. It is. Yeah, yeah. My friends had Google Alert set, and it went off at nine fifty. Yeah. So I was in the middle of some things working back here, and I was kind of like on the side trying to do it and trying to get it. By the time I hit it, it was gone. Oh man! (laughs) So like it was. I I think by. 10 o'clock, all the, like, smalls were gone online and mediums, and then by 10.30, they were all gone. Mm. So employees said that they... Uh, I'm gonna guessing that they'll probably make more. Yeah, yeah. yeah they no, they. they yeah, it's right. too much, too much profit. Yeah. <laughs> Employees are said that they were getting mobbed as soon as a jacket would hit the rack. There would be an argument uh, that would break out about it. Like they said that you know they were they were pulled off the racks and then say well, you know somebody didn't take one or whatever. An employee put it back. They said people would just like flock over yeah. and try to grab it, and then people were arguing. Uh, the one of the kind, the one of a kind jacket was made specifically for Princess Diana. Following decades of requests from diehard fans, the replica. Made to come back with Jason Kelsey's wife, Kylie, sporting the look ahead of the big sale. The connection between the team and the late princess centers around the colors silver and green, which were her favorites. Kathy, you appreciate this. They had 50 jackets in the store, and if you saw those lines, there were hundreds of people oh, lined up, so they didn't do that. Uh, she mentioned it to the, Princess Diana mentioned it to former Eagles statistician Jack Edelstein during Philadelphia native Grace Kelly's funeral. Uh, he sent her a care package that included the custom jacket, and the rest was history. The jacket which run $400, are already out of stock at Mitchell & Ness, and some items are already being sold for a lot more on eBay. In sports this morning... The 
76ers, who have won six straight games and are the only 6-1 team in the Eastern Conference, are on the road tonight. We'll take on the Pistons in Detroit. The Pistons are 2-7 and seven and are in last place in the East. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. In Thursday Night Football, the Bears beat the Carolina Panthers 16-13 to in Chicago. Donta Foreman ran for a touchdown, and the Bears held on for the win. The primetime matchup was between two teams among the bottom five in the NFL. The Bears, the Bears uh, But the Bears made enough plays to come away with the victory and improve to 3-7 and seven, while the Panthers fell to 1-8. and eight. I don't know what the NFL was thinking when they scheduled these games for primetime. Like, they're terrible. They figured people were busy. Yeah. And the Flyers continue their road trip through California tonight. They'll take on the Ducks in Anaheim. The puck will drop at 10 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. The magic number is 3. That's how many days away we are from the President Steve Camp Out for Hunger, our 26th year of putting this event on. And we just want to remind you there's a lot going on this year and we would love to see you make your donation and come down and be a part of it wmmr.com slash camp out and the weather is looking great knock on wood i am so thrilled preston there was a moment yesterday so i'm you know that sort of staging things at home and getting the luggage out and have everything you know packing and, and and all that sort of stuff like how many years have we done this and now it's it's even though it's muscle memory it's Still always amazing, this oh, yeah. massive undertaking. Oh, yeah. You know? and I feel woefully unprepared, as yeah. I do yeah, every yeah. single year. Every single year. And that part of it, to me, uh, can be nerve-wracking. And then I try to remember uh, there's going to be mess-ups, and there's going to be some things that go great. And uh, no matter what, it'll be this incredible week, and yeah. we'll get through it one way or the other, you know? Nick. So you try to be as prepared as you possibly can be, recognizing some of the things might not go exactly the way we plan them to. Just got to put it in nooch, man. That's right. Yeah. Put it in that is, yeah, the, that is the credo for yeah. the camp out. Put it in nooch. So, <laughs> speaking of camp out, we will have Johnny Goodtime yes. yeah. coming by this morning. Uh, He's never out, in nooch. Camp out after dark is uh, a, a lot of great things taking place. And Wednesday night is our first time ever trying Quizzo. And Johnny Goodtime's apparently, he's a he's a Quizzo phenom. Yeah. And he is going to be hosting. Yeah. So he's going to stop by for those of you who are Quizzo fans and want to know the details of how this is going to run. Or maybe you're a first timer. I've never done it. And I'm very interested in the idea. So we'll talk to Johnny about what he has planned for Wednesday night. Caddy, do the last part. So Johnny Goodtimes will be here this morning. <laughs> and we'll do that again, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to have on the program Alonzo Bodden, who's going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club through the weekend. <laughs> Alonzo is up for some good times tonight. And then we're also going to have on the program a composer. We have spoken to her before, Laura Cartman. Uh, She has created the music for the Marvels, which opens today. Yeah. And she's uh, really good friends with uh, Michael Cicchino. She's really cool. She was in town a few months ago at uh, the the, the Philadelphia, they were at Verizon Hall. Yeah. Uh, And Nick, did you go to that event? I did not, but I I reached out to her this week um, because the Marvels was coming out. She is thrilled to be coming back on the show. She 
really liked chatting with us last time, and we're looking forward to having her in again. Nice. So uh, we have a little culture. We have some games. We've got the connoisseur today. We're going to do some giveaways with that. We got comedy. We got, we got everybody. It's amazing. We got a, it. It literally it is, is amazing. Our am- pets' heads are falling off. Amazing. All right. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second, and uh, we'll get to the entertainment report. Stupid question on the way to stay put. We'll be right back. hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, we're going to give away our last uh, four-pack of tickets for the Star Wars game. Saturday, November 18th, Flyers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. The question that I ask you is this. Frank Wathernim was the last inmate to leave what infamous prison? Uh-huh. 215263WMMR. Frank Wathernim mm-hmm. was the last inmate to leave what infamous prison? Call now. We have a few birthdays to mention. Kill some time. Today being the 10th day of November, Ellen Pompeo has her birthday today. Grey's Anatomy. For some reason, she annoys me. I don't know oh. what it is about her. And it may even be something that borders on resting bitch face. Is it just when you see her? Yeah, and okay. I, I don't. She's done nothing to me. You don't really watch Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. She's pretty. Um, she's pretty vocal about stuff. I mean, maybe that's part that, of it. I think that rubs people all the wrong way. Okay. No, it's just. It's just one of those. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Well, you know what? Continue to not watch Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. That's my project. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's 50. Put a dent in that empire. 54 today. Uh, Mackenzie Phillips. I hate her. One day at a time. No, I don't hate her, but there's only one thing I think of when I hear her name. You hate what happened to her. I hate what happened to her. Yeah, her father molested her. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, She is celebrating her 64th birthday. She's She's had a turbulent life. I will tell you this. That whole thing, having a long-term sexual relationship with her father and, and what... It, it, oh, I, I can't listen to the mamas and the papas. I can't... Mm. And, and I've gotten past things with other artists, but for some reason... Because that is just so... I yeah. Mean, when she talked about it, and I remember one thing that she said that like he would take her away. On, they would go on like they vacation. they go on vacation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Terrible. Steve? 
Don't listen to the mamas and papas. No. And don't watch Grey's Anatomy. No Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. No. Uh, so she is 64 today. Sinbad, his, don't like his birthday today. <laughs> don't watch any of his movies or stand-up. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We had him on one time. He was kind of rude. He was. Yeah. He was kind of rude. And you know what, Preston? Yeah. There have been other people who have said the same thing. Yeah. That they, uh, you know, because he was known as this congenial guy. Yeah. Um, he was on, he was on the, it's always sunny, though. Uh, he is 67 today. Tracy Morgan. We like to oh, go. He's <laughs> a fine bowl of pineapple juice. I was Somebody watching an interview with him and uh, Conan O'Brien, and he got really emotional talking about it. He considers Conan to be a really good friend, and Conan wrote for him in SNL, and he got really emotional talking about the car accident yeah. and, and everything that he went through, the, the death that happened. And it was it, it was really enlightening to hear it, and it was cool to hear because you don't hear that side of Tracy Morgan that often. And I was impressed by the interview. Well, you know what's very telling is that usually a, a big company will fight a lawsuit because it was a Walmart truck yeah. uh, that collided with their, their tour bus or their vehicle. And uh, they immediately just said, here, here, here's, yeah. here's a crap load of money. Yeah. <laughs> so he is uh, 55 today. Uh, actress uh, Kiernan Shipgob, who appeared on several episodes of Mad Men. Steve, she was on a couple episodes of Riverdale. She played Sabrina. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, okay. Very beautiful young lady. Uh, she is 24 today. Uh, Josh Peck, who as a kid was on uh, Drake and Josh on Nickelodeon, and he's done some movies. Uh, Red Dawn. He was also on Grandfathered. Uh, he is 37 years old today. Uh, he he, got, he was a portly kid in yep. Josh and Drake, and now he's a good-looking he, dude. He's, he's a yeah. handsome man. He's in really good shape. He's, he's a good-looking fella, yeah. yeah. Uh, the great... Walton Goggins <laughs> has a birthday today. We have had him on before. He is an awesome actor. Uh, who is he in the Marvel Universe? Uh, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, oh, my God. Call. I forgot about that. He was like an arms trader. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, he is, I'm telling you, the show is messed up. Righteous Gemstones, he plays this character <laughs> called uh, Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just horrible. Horrible. So he does, and he's such he a nice terrible. guy, but he does horrible so well. In yeah. Fat Man, he's the hitman yeah. that's hired by the kid to go after Santa Claus. Yep. And he has an exchange. Uh, and there's this woman leading around the uh, toy store, and he's going, You know, you remind me of my mother. Really? Yeah, she wouldn't shut the F up. Preston, uh, <laughs> you got to watch the third season because all, all of the characters have really interesting character arcs and a bit of redemption, including him. Okay. Um, He's great. He's a bad guy in Django Unchained as well. Yeah. Uh, and he does serious roles like Lincoln. I think he was in uh, The Apostle, which is an amazing oh, wow. movie. Yeah. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. So he is uh, 52 today. Do you think those teeth of his are um, veneers? or? You know or... what? They are big chompers. White chompers yeah. down front there. Those are Tony and Robbins chompers. They, they, they look they look fake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, when people do the veneer thing, it when it first gets done, you can't help but like yeah. focus on that. Well, and then he also it's a little while, and then you get used to it. Yeah, you're right. But also, some people have broad, toothy smiles, and yeah. he does. He does, yes. Yeah. Apparently, uh, he had his teeth knocked out when he was a kid. Uh, no kidding. In fifth grade, yeah, he was on uh, Conan uh, t- telling the story, and he's had his teeth knocked out, his front teeth knocked out twice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so he uh, got the... Wow. Got those chompers. They're okay. done much better now, though. Veneers, You a lot of them, you can't tell. They're not that um, that perfect Obvious. straight. Yeah, they do. Do you know they, what they, they started doing, them. Kathy? They now go in through the rectum, and that <laughs> and makes it... Yeah. Steve, you're right. That's how they make them look, you know, more natural. <laughs> He's 52 today. Uh, Taryn Edgerton. <laughs> 
Uh, Kingsman, the Secret Service, that's where a service we first got to know him there. And uh, uh, he's great in Rocket Man as Elton John. Yeah. That, that um, movie, uh, <clears throat> again, so you have Bohemian Rhapsody, which is presented in a more accurate, sort of chronological way, whereas uh, Rocket Man is more fantastical. Yes. But I love it. It's great. Yeah. And, uh, and he kind of he got that role because in the movie Sing, he voices, he's saying, I'm still standing. Right, right. Uh, as the uh, the gorilla. And, uh, and I think that got the ball rolling for that case. You were going to say, uh, no, no, no. That, I'm trying to um, get Marissa to grab that song because I was blown away with how great of a singer yeah. he is. Well, what I love also yeah, is, is that he's he's in full Elton John, um, you know, flamboyant garb at the um, at the uh, AA meeting. Yep, yeah, yep. it's terrific. Yeah, there's him saying it. Yeah. It's a great sequence too. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? A good movie, too, that he's in is Eddie the Eagle. I uh, like that. Uh, enjoy that movie. Yeah. As the ski jumper from yeah. England. Uh, he, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's a, it's a true story. So he's uh, 34 years old today. Uh, actress Heather Matarazzo. Uh, she was she played the best friend in Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Devil's Advocate. You know what? And this is going to sound kind of mean, but I think she's ugly cute, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she but. And she's a really good actress. She is so, a really so, good actress. So, um, yeah, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. And I'm sure she'd punch you for saying yeah, that, but probably. I think it's accurate. Like, yeah. you're saying she's ugly, but, like, if you were, I don't know, like, seven or eight yeah. years deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Not even that day. If yeah. it's three well, o'clock least, in the morning yeah. and they're seconds away from turning on the lights in the bar, no, yeah. she, she's likable. I that's, like her. Yeah, that's a compliment. She's she could do your essays. All right. And then the last birthday is Vanessa Angel. She's stunning. Yeah. Uh, she's in the movie Kingpin. So I keep reaching out to her on Instagram yeah. because she's... She posts rather regularly now because yeah. I said, you know, you you have there's a royalty position oh, in, yeah. in the pop culture world of our show, and uh, I'm 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 working working whittling away. Hopefully, so she's 57. Oh, and uh, Nick pulled this up. Yeah, they're around this time of year. I remember at Camp Out for Hunger, it was his birthday, and we had the audience wish him a happy birthday. Our good friend Tom Papa turned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I believe he is 55 years old today. So happy birthday, Tom. He's awesome. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, Frank Wathernham was the last inmate to leave what infamous prison. We'll go to Glenn uh, to try and get an answer. Good morning, it. Good morning to you, Glenn. Hello. How are you? You picked me again. Thank you. Oh, again. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You got it. All right, Glenn. Hang on. As long as you oh didn't God. win within the last month, you're, you're good to go. Hang on. All right. And then you just pull over and, and breathe deeply. Yeah. 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 I, I, love, I love the, love yeah, the energy. It's awesome. It's excellent. All right, Glenn. But, but it's dangerous. Four man. pack of tickets for the Star Wars game on Saturday, November 18th at 1 p.m. when the Flyers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. You can get your tickets at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. All right, we got a lot to get to. Yesterday, this was insane. Jared Leto made history as the first person to legally climb to the top of the Empire State Building. I mean, scale the outside of the building. The video footage is insane. Now, he started on the 86th floor. Oh, that's cheating. Uh, But he made his way up to the 104th floor and amounted to an approximate 20-minute climb uh, at nearly 1,300 feet in the air. He said he was on uh, the Today Show and he said, I was more excited than nervous, You to tell you the truth. He said, but I have to be honest, it was very, very hard. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. When asked what made it difficult, he said, just the endurance that it took, the stamina uh, 
uh, that it took. And he said, and it was very sharp. And apparently his hands were all bloodied up. Right, right. Making the climb. So I guess he, some he of said the, he the wished, edges are sharp. Right, he had, that he had better hand protection. But yeah. um, pretty amazing still. Yeah. Why was he doing this? Uh, it's to promote uh, 30 Seconds to Mars is going on tour. So somehow or another he set it up. And I wow. don't know if there is like an album title tie-in to scaling a, a, a building. I have no idea. The name idea. of the album is Doing Stupid Things. Oh, is that what yeah, it yeah. is? Yeah, I don't know, but it, but he did it. Huh. Uh, he said, it's incredible to watch the sun rise overlooking the city that's meant so much to me. He said, ever since I was a kid, New York stood for the place that you want to, uh, uh, that you went to make your dreams come true. Now, to do it legally, he he was harnessed. He had to have some sort of, yeah, uh, yeah. So, which is still, yeah, he wasn't free still amazing, yeah. Yeah, so he, uh, but, but he did it. He did it, you know, he used his he pulled his own body weight up. Listen, when you try to pull your own body weight yeah. up, yep. it is really hard, especially uh, grip strength. You, using your hands, if, if you have not trained for that, it's nearly impossible. You know, really, every, every morning, I come up four flights, mm-hmm. and and the the I have a little blister on the finger I used to push the button in the elevator. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The wear and tear. Uh-huh. <laughs> I actually been taking the stairs for almost a year now. Really? Yeah. Wait, and you said that to me, and so now, and I when we first started working at this building, I always took the stairs. I haven't taken the stairs in years. You said that to me the other day. I take the stairs now. There you, you know go. What? <laughs> I actually kind of jog up them. So 18, in my house... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no. We we have we have flights of stairs. I'm up and down all oh, the yeah, time. Yeah. I all mean, all the goddamn time. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the next story. Things have taken a turn for the worst between Kiki Palmer and Darius Jackson. Us <clears throat> Weekly reports that the Nope actor filed a restraining order against Jackson on Thursday and is seeking full custody of their eight-month-old baby uh, Leotis. That went south. Uh, in court documents, Palmer said Jackson physically abused her on multiple occasions. What? She claims to have secret uh, security footage from an incident that took place on Sunday oh, wow. uh, showing that Jackson trespassed. She said, into my home without my knowledge or consent and then lunged for my neck, striking me, throwing me over the couch and stealing my phone. So they seem to be sort of blissfully good like about a year and a half ago. Yeah, she added that uh, there had been many instances of physical violence in their relationship, including Jackson destroying my personal property, <laughs> including diaries and prescription eyeglasses, throwing my belongings into the street, throwing my car keys to prevent me from driving away, hitting me in front of our son, spewing profanities about me to our son, threatening to kill himself with a gun if I left him, which is what typical abusers right, do. Right, right, right. Harassment and other physical and emotional abuse. Uh, Palmer also revealed in the court filings that the pair broke up for good in October, uh, primarily due to the physical and emotional abuse inflicted. And this all comes after Jackson publicly shamed Palmer for what she wore to an Usher concert oh, in July. So this right. guy is, yeah. it's, if a, she, a control freak. Correct. He's a control freak. <laughs> yeah. He's your standard uh, abuser. I want to fight you. I yeah. want to fight that guy and anybody who like abuses their spouse. I'm like, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like I get Filled with so I much see the rage. dawn of a new superhero. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I mean, especially I really like her. Yeah. I mean, of course, no one should go through that. And just because I like you doesn't mean you know. But yeah. I mean, in this case, she seems like yeah, a pretty sweet person. Yeah. So hopefully, this guy will get what he's got coming to him. Uh, Kim Kardashian told producers on the latest episode of the Kardashians that she plans to stay single for at least another year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
when uh, someone behind the scenes in a confessional interview asked uh, her where she was in her two years of wanting to be single. She replied, when did I say that? After learning that it was probably a year ago, she said, okay, I've got a year to go. <laughs> uh, she said, I think it'll be really good for me. I'm not looking. Uh, they seem to find me, but I'm not looking. And listen to this. Also on Thursday's episode, she revealed she got an infinity symbol tattooed on the inside of her bottom lip. That is actually more common than you uh, think. Really? Yeah, the people who want to be very discreet but want to have a tattoo will do the inside of the lower lip. She said, the night of SNL, when I hosted SNL, me and all my friends got matching tattoos and everyone got them on their hands. And after footage showed her getting her lip inked, she then said, listen to this, I finally put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. I'm like a Bentley. Oh my God! Wow. All right, this is uh, this is a terrible story uh, to pass along. Uh, another one that has to do with uh, uh, men being a holes. Uh, Sharon Stone is accusing for a former Sony executive of sexual harassment. Uh, she appeared on Kelly Ripa's Let's Talk Off Camera podcast and opened up about uh, one experience dealing with sexual harassment in the TV and film industry. Uh, she said during a meeting with a former Sony head of executive in the 80s, he exposed his penis to her. She did not name the person. She said that uh, she was so excited to meet him. Uh, she was wearing a Ralph Lauren jacket, she said, with a little ruffle on the shoulder, a little denim skirt, and a big ruffle and cowboy boots. She said, I went to his office. It was in the back in the 80s, so the couch was basically on the floor. And it was those very low, giant couches, and my knees were around my neck. And, of course, I'm so tall anyway, so it looked like all legs sitting there, akimbo on the couch, and he's pacing around around the office. Oh, it's true what they say about you, according to the guy. He had said, uh, you're the most gorgeous. We haven't seen anyone like you in decades. Everybody's talking about you and look at you. You're the most articulate. You're so smart and beautiful and that hair. And she said, and then he walked, came walking up in front of me and he said, but first, and then he took it out and put it right in my face. Oh, man. Oh, and she said, I was very young and uh, what I do when I'm nervous because I'm basically a very bubbly person, I started laughing. She said, I started laughing and crying at the same time and I couldn't stop because I became hysterical. Uh, I didn't know what to do so of course he put it away and went through this door behind his desk which I thought that meant that he left so I didn't know what to do and I was sitting there hysterical and eventually his secretary came and led me out and this was not the last time of many weird experiences like this in my career she said. I mean it it is her story. It is her prerogative to do with it as she wants to. But it, you know, you you wish the name would be named. You know that that some that the dude who did this would be yeah. held accountable for it. Yeah, uh, maybe she looks at it as it would just be. It would be folly because she. How can you prove that? How can you prove it? Yeah, and yeah. and so on. So no, she's right. She'd be right too. I, but, yeah. but listen, I'm I'm all for people uh, coming forward with that it, information. It, it's your private decision. What yeah. you want to do with it? That's mm -hmm. your call. So uh, she went on to say that she would she would accept apologies from men in Hollywood who mistreated her, but she warned others not to get too close. She said, "Don't ever sit next to me again, ever, because if you sit next to me again, I'm going to stand up." in public and say, I said, don't sit next to me, so believe me. And she said, don't sit next to me if you're a me too that me tooed me. Don't sit in that empty chair next to me unless you're going to say sorry. So if, that's kind of if you set the parameters, when we first met with Bill, he, he put his hand on your knee. You remember what happened? He said, no, there are boundaries here. And he respected that. He did. 
We never have to deal with that. This again. is the second leg of the stool. Uh, I hate to put the show in reverse, but uh, there's a birthday that I was supposed to remind you of, Preston, and I totally forgot, and oh. I apologize. It's the oh US, my god, that's yeah. today. It's what? Today. Yeah. what? It's oh, the hey. Marine Corps' birthday. Oh. Oh. Dunn Tavern. We yeah. love those guys right here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, I got a really nice email from a, uh, a veteran, and he said, "Don't forget the <laughs> Marine Corps' birthday tomorrow." And I said, uh, "I won't," and I'll tell Preston. I'll remind him. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is piss off a Marine. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, well, it, it coincides with Veterans Day tomorrow, yeah. right. so these kind of dovetail together, so thank you for the reminder of that. We always try to point that out every single year, and you know, born right here. That's right. Uh, 248 years ago wow. in the city of Philadelphia at the Tun Tavern. Send the Marines to beat up the guy who exposed himself to Sharon Stone. There you go. How about that? I like that. Alright, uh, here's a story. I, I have a follow-up to it. I saw this yesterday, and we didn't know what was up, but uh, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak says he suffered a minor stroke yeah. while attending a business conference in Mexico City. He's uh, never t- been in awesome shape. Uh, told ABC News in a neck in a text on Thursday that he felt dizzy Wednesday morning, then experienced vertigo before going to the hospital where a MRI revealed that he had a minor but real stroke. Uh, he's been scheduled to speak at the World Business Forum in Mexico City, a two-day gathering billed as the world's most important management event. You mentioned people that are, you know, out of shape. Yeah. I mean, it can happen to somebody who's in phenomenal yep. shape, yep. too. Yeah. But he, um, he's, health-wise, he's, he's had a few, uh, a few scares. So, and he's like, the word is the nicest freaking yeah. guy. The right. nicest guy. Uh, he was scheduled as the conference's closing speaker Wednesday afternoon. He told the New York Times that he was released from the hospital Thursday, flew back to California, and was waiting uh, for dinner at home. Uh, he said, I'm back home feeling good. So hopefully this is uh, not much that he's going to have to deal with. Uh, speaking of illnesses, Kel Mitchell took to Instagram Thursday. We reported this other day, the other day uh, to let fans know that he is on the road recovery after being home. Uh, he was hospitalized earlier in the week. Uh, the Good Burger actor did not reveal the reason for his hospitalization, but he had a grateful for the flood of prayers and positive vibes that surrounded me during a genuinely frightening time. Uh, the scare was real, but so was the support. So He was briefly a sick burger. Don't really know exactly what's going on. Uh, this is a weird little rumor. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is swiftly putting an end to rumors that she and Kevin Costner are in a relationship. Oh, Kathy, that's your guy. I like her, too. Well, are you good with that union if it's true? Maybe a threesome? <laughs> a thruple? Dude, the age spread is too big. Well, yeah, Kathy, Kathy's way too yeah, old. Yeah, she's only uh, 28. <laughs> I mean, you, if I was involved, the right. age spread would be really yeah, be, yeah, far, yeah. far apart. Obnoxious. Be borderline illegal. Right. Like yesterday, Nick and I were talking in the hallway outside of the bathroom, and uh, one of the security guards, you know, he usually works the front door. He was up on our, our floor yesterday, and I was talking about somebody that I, you know, was friends with when I was 15, and he goes, oh, and that he walks right by, hears a tiny portion of the conversation, and the security guard goes, well, that was like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's because of their respective divorces. Uh, oh, come on. So because they're getting divorced at the same time, now they're a couple. It's actually the law in California that if you're getting a divorce at the same time someone else is, you need to enter into a throuple with them. Her rep told People Magazine on Thursday, the story is com- completely fabricated and not true. I'm sorry. What? I just saw something out of the corner of my eye that threw me off. Marissa came in and she put uh, some papers over by Casey. And from my vision, it looked like he was blowing smoke out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. I oh, think man. somebody slipped some mushrooms wow. into my my coffee this morning because it kind of scared me for a second. I'm like, why are you smoking in the studio? Uh, it's All funny because right. I actually almost bought a pack of cigarettes yesterday. Really? Yeah, it was one of those days. Casey. Just for old time's sake? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I feel like I need one of these right now. Um, yeah. Don't do that. 
All right, fine. All right. So, uh, anyhow, they're not a couple. I'm sorry, that kind of threw me off. I don't think they'd make a... Actually, I don't think they'd make a good couple. Uh, She's also on the morning show, and I just watched uh, the latest episode, Nick, uh, last night. And uh, she's she's also... We're talking about Jennifer Aniston in the show. She's also really good on it. One thing I want to do, Kathy, is I want to follow Mindy Kaling's lead, and I want to get... Because in in the show, in her show, the the Mindy Kaling project, she had a uh, wreath... Witherspoon for the holidays. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was all pictures of her. Mindy Kaling shows up in the morning show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Season two? Uh, season three. two or three. Yeah, okay. she works yeah. on one of the rival networks. Are there, are there three seasons, right? Yes. Yeah. We're so in the third now. I think it's the latest one. Okay. Uh, so there's a follow-up. AP News reports that a jury awarded Robert De Niro's ex-assistant, Graham Chase Robinson, $1.2 million oh, on Thursday. Are you crazy? Nah. In a uh, gender discrimination lawsuit in New York City. Uh, the Goodfellas actor was not found personably liable, but his company, Canal Productions, must make two payments of $632,142 to Robinson. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And their countersuit was, was dropped as well, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't read yeah. that much into it. Yeah, so, so De Niro had a countersuit, yes. uh, and and uh, the, that wasn't um, upheld. Uh, De Niro's attorney called the verdict a great victory for Mr. De Niro. Uh, yeah, because, right. Because he is absolved. They used the liar whore defense. They, <laughs> they said uh, he is liar not... Liar whore, liar whore, and you know it. Said he is not liable for anything that was charged against him at all. There's a modest award against the company. Uh, she, they said, but you know they were looking for $12 million. So there is a payout, but it's not nearly what they thought was going to happen. It's not coming directly from Robert De Niro. I'm trying to tell you that. What do you want? You want the tears to come out of my eyes? <laughs> I get so emotional. Yeah. Uh, He's mature. I don't even know what the f*** you're talking about. Uh, two more quick stories here. Uh, this is great news. Variety reports Deadpool 3 will begin production again right. before Thanksgiving now that the actor's strike has ended. Ryan Reynolds shared on social media yesterday that fans can expect the film in the summer of 2024. And if you follow some actors on social media, there were loads of videos of people on uh, that were excited that the strike was over. So uh, Deadpool 3 is kind of the linchpin Marvel movie of 2024 because the productions have been pushed back on everything. Oh, we're looking at a picture of him and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman wearing the classic yellow and blue Wolverine outfit, my favorite. Yeah, I, I love, love it. Excellent. All right, and then finally, uh, the White Lotus creator, Mike White, is teasing fans about the show's third season, which will be set in Thailand. Mm. Uh, he said it's going to be a supersized White Lotus. He said it's going to be longer, bigger, and crazier. Ooh. He said, I don't know what people will think, but I am super excited. So at least for my own barometer, that's a good thing. I'm super excited about the content of the season. So it's going to be longer. And I, I had guessed that, and I, uh, I don't know if we talked about it or somebody told me or whatever, but I had guessed that that it was going to revolve around uh, the assistant, Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Okay, yeah, the uh, girl. The girl. Yep. And uh, I th- somebody confirmed it to me or at least also agreed with me that they thought that it, that was uh, who the, this third season was sort of going to revolve around. Uh, her name is... Forget her name. her name. Haley... Richardson. Richardson? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. All right, okay. That'd be cool. So, nonetheless, great show. We'll see what happens when that third season comes out. All right, there are some movies on... <laughs> Never gets old. 
All right, there's uh, four of them. I'm going to move quickly on this. The Marvels opens action adventure starring Brie Larson, uh, Tiana Paris, and Iman Vellani. Uh, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. And when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambo. And together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe as the Marvels. Recite that back to me, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> hour and 45 minutes long, rated PG-13, wide release, Rotten Tomatoes score 61%. I got a message from Craig Lagans last night. He says, hey, Casey, saw the Marvels tonight. This is exactly what the MCU needed to get folks back into the theaters. Great action, great story, tender moments, and funny. Everything a Marvel movie should be. Okay. Solid A. All right. From Craig Legans. There you go. It's a, he's a solid source. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two opening this weekend, Dream Scenario. Comedy horror stars Nicolas Cage, Lily Bird, and Julianne Nicholson. Hapless family man Paul Matthews finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. But when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. Hour and 40 minutes long, rated R. Wide theater release. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 90% score so far. The Holdovers also opens. It's a holiday comedy drama. Stars Paul Giamatti, uh, Davine Joy Randolph, and uh, Dominic Sissa. Uh, a curmudgeonly instructor at a New England prep school is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of them, a damaged, brainy troublemaker, and with the school's head cook, who has just lost a son in Vietnam. Two hours, 13 minutes long. Rated R. Wide theater release. Big score. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 96%. Buzz on this movie is phenomenal. Yeah, it looks good. And then finally, it's all it's a wonderful knife. A uh, holiday horror <laughs> comedy starring uh, Cassandra Naud, uh, Justin Long, and Joel McHale. A year after saving her town from a psychotic killer on Christmas Eve, Winnie Carruthers' life is less than wonderful. But when she wishes she'd never been born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe and discovers that without her, things could have been much, much worse. And now the killer is back, and she must team up with the town misfits to identify their killer, the killer and get back to her own reality. Hour and 27, seven minutes long. Rated R. Limited theater release today. Uh, streaming on December 22nd. Rotten Tomatoes score at 57%. And also that movie Share opens this week. That's right, yes. We have the director yes. by, so uh, that is uh, available for consumption. All right, uh, we're ready for the clips. In Black Cake... A woman loses her battle with cancer, leaving her children a flash drive that holds untold stories of her journey from the Caribbean to America, challenging everything they know about their family's origin. And in this clip, showrunner Marissa Jo Carrar discusses the process of adapting Charmaine Wilkerson's best-selling novel into a series. I just immediately wanted to meet um, Charmaine Wilkerson, the author, talk to her a little bit about it and tell her, you know, my point of view and my take 
think. And luckily we got along really well and we pitched it out to the world and Hulu was the perfect home for it. And they just got it immediately. And I'm so proud of everything everyone has done to execute it because it was very, very tough. Where are y'all going? What? Uh, the first three episodes of Black Cake are currently available to stream on Hulu. And I like some Black Cake. Our next clip. At the Gates, it's a movie about a housekeeper from El Salvador, and immigration officers are searching for her. Uh, her employers invite her to shelter in their house until the crisis blows over. And here, director Augustus Melio Bernstein talks about his personal connection to making this film. There were immigration raids happening in 2017 that were affecting people that I was very close to, and it reminded me of, uh, in the darkest ways, of, of the story of Anne Frank and about a family that's hiding from police inside of another family's house and that was how this script started to to get formed at its most basic level yeah! at the gates is now in select theaters and that's it last story in the entertainment report for you this morning it was we, a hell of a report well there's a lot and we have a lot more to go so we're going to take a quick break come back in a second don't forget later on this morning on the eight o'clock hour johnny good times who is part of he's running quizzo for us on wednesday night for camp out for hunger which is three days away now we'll find out what all you need to know to be a part of that we're also going to have composer laura cartman on who did the music for the marvels and also comedian Alonzo Bodden joining us and when we get back I believe it's connoisseur time for a Friday morning that's right we'll be back in a moment stay with us 3 WMMR. Preston and Steve's Dorm Decor TikTok Tour. A chance to win $1,000 in crisp college cash from our friends at College Ave Student Loans. The entries are in, and now it's time to vote who has the niftiest knack with their dorm room decor and should win a grand. Check out the videos and vote now on our contest page at WMMR.com. But hurry, the voting deadline's November 12th. Preston and Steve's Dorm Room Decor TikTok Tour. Presented by College Ave Student Loans. A better way to pay for college. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your school. Um, you know, yeah. Let's uh, let's do the connoisseur papers. All right. Because. Oh. It's time for the pre-camp out for Hunter Connoisseur. Thank you for letting me do my announcer. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, Mr. Announcer, can I have the bell, please? Oh. You throw the bell over yes, there. Yes, you can. All right, thank you. Nice. That was I close. Saw, it was, but I saw it and it left like this. The, my peripheral vision, and it looked like he rocketed it at no, you. No, I did not. He just didn't lob it. It had a more yeah. straight trajectory, but <laughs> more precise trajectory. Um, can I make a request? Can I just request that you keep that bell over here all the time? Because he has another bell. He doesn't need. I don't care. I do like the toss. I like. I do the toss is everything? Yeah. Is it everything? Yeah, it's, everything. Because you didn't toss it last week. You handed it to me, and then why, I handed and it, it suffered. <laughs> it's like in that Stallone movie. The, right, whatever. The, the arm wrestling movie where he flips the hat around. Yeah. yeah. And it's the switch. Thank you for remembering. Yeah. So what was that movie called? Over, over the, the Top. top yeah. Over you the Top. Said it. I you said it. I said that Stallone movie, that the arm wrestling the movie. What? I thought you said that Stallone no. movie, Over the Top. I didn't. I didn't. I said. Boys, boys, boys. I said, All right. <laughs> 
Right. Get to the connoisseur. We're going to start with this. Uh, when Kathy's begging for the connoisseur, you'd know we've gone too far. You guys will love this. Mana is uh, starting their uh, pie in the sky fundraiser. So that means that they are they have uh, the pies ready and available for you to order for Thanksgiving. These pies are sensational. They're excellent. I, I have to put my order in. We rely on them. Uh, are you a fan of the, the mana pies, oh. Kathy? Yeah. They're well, amazing. Yes, but, you know, of course I have not my... Not, not anyone with cooked right, right, right. but yeah. Well, you don't have to worry. They have options. Yeah, so there are seven flavors available, including apple, uh... Pecan, some people say pecan, mm. uh, which is, it's a, it's a kosher pie, by the way. The that. Jersey blueberry pie. Ooh. Is that a newbie? I don't know. I don't remember a blueberry pie. Because so. I'm a likey. I do, too. A little whipped cream on top. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, they have a sweet potato pie, uh, pumpkin, be- pumpkin, a berry pie. And here you go. This is, this year's specialty is the Sum Chocolate Tahini pie. Mm. Oh, wow. Interesting. I saw it here yesterday. I tried it. They had some here yesterday? Yeah. 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 I don't know if if they dropped it off from Marissa or whatever, but uh, it ended up in the green room. So I, and listen, I have a lot of weak. I know, I know. I'm angry at that. We had the meet and eat with the Genos yesterday in Live Casino. And so I saw the pie (laughs) show up and I was like, I probably shouldn't touch this. Mm. And I looked at it and then I had to tell myself and slap myself on the wrist not to touch it. Listen, I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat until after. I had two little pieces. (laughs) I had to. I had to. It's a man of pie. I got you. Kathy, do you like pumpkin pie? I do. N- I don't like really anything pumpkin flavored. No. Okay. I love pumpkin pie. I love blueberry pie. Too. I love pie. Yeah. There's very few pies that I'm not a fan of. I love key lime pie. I think lemon meringue is a little overrated. But I like yeah. lemon meringue. I don't hate it. I don't know. like key lime. Do you know what? Uh, uh, but this new this new one that they have, uh, Preston, excellent. So you tr- try one when you get a the chance. Zoom chocolate tahini, yep. and that's a gluten free one, by the way. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, Every pie purchased through the Pie in the Sky fundraiser helps provide hot Thanksgiving meals to Mana clients and their families this holiday season, as well as nourishing meals throughout the year. Uh, Marissa has a pie for you. Is this the one? Yeah, it is the one. Oh, we're doing a live sampling here. Preston, that is the one. I got to get one with these little seeds on top. Uh, By the way, what? This is salt? You're going to enjoy it. Uh, Marissa, do me a favor. Let people know because it doesn't say on here how they can. Or yeah, it does. Give the ordering information. I'm going to eat. All right. Do you want to give it to others? It's at the bottom. All right. Place your orders at manapies.org. Don't wow. walk away with that pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, place your orders at manapies.org before November 19th. So you have uh, just over a week to go to manapies. That's M-A-N-N-A-P-I-E-S dot O-R-G. Isn't that good? Thank you. That is... That is wonderfully unique. Yeah. Yeah? I love um, it. I, I'm going to have to wait until afternoon today. I, I, I screwed it up yesterday, Marissa, but Casey, thank you so much. I right. want you to try that. And I'm, I'm going to. That's I, different. I really want to hear your opinion specifically right. on this because I have something in mind. Take a bite. This looks a little cheesecakey. Well, that's why yeah. I wanted to find out. Oh. Mm. Yeah. You don't like cheesecake? He doesn't Not like really. cheesecake. I yeah. love cheesecake. And he's... It's the only reason I have the slightest bit oh, of, of mistrust. It's the only reason you're doing this show. Mistrust for Casey yeah. is that he doesn't like opinion. cheesecake. Uh, I think that's fantastic. That yeah, is good. <laughs> well, I don't know what the um, the crust is, the base. Yeah. But it's all... Oh, my God, I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah. Preston, isn't that... That's it's all chocolate. Mm, the, the base yeah. is... It's not a, a regular crust. It's a chocolate crust. It's like... Um, right. Do you know like a remi- or something? It sort of reminds me, uh, in a bizarre way, of like a... Uh, of a um, chocolate latte. 
Mm. It's kind of like an Oreo pie or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, that, like it's crunched up Oreos. Did you see Oreos is finally making Oreo-flavored Oreos? That could be a connoisseur story. Oh, you're right. No, Oreo-flavored Oreos. Yeah, they literally... What does that mean? They literally released into the stores uh, cookies and cream-flavored Oreos. Oh. And somebody posted, oh, good, Oreo-flavored right. Oreos. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, cookies and cream. All right. So anyway, uh, you can order your, your mana pies now. Make sure you do that. All right, let's do the first clip. We're playing a food clip from a movie. And if you can identify this, you get a prize. So what movie is this food clip from? It's food or drink. Here we go. This here is your first lesson in coffee. Without anything in it, it's black coffee. Can you say black coffee? Mm, nope. And then there's coffee regular. Okay? That means two sugars and milk. Which they have forgotten. So can I borrow some of yours? Ah, coffee regular. Love it. You know, that's breast milk. <laughs> All right. I, I love that, that movie. 215-263-WMMR. I gave that uh, that clip to Pierre for a coffee break because he didn't have that one yet. So I think he played it the other day. All right. So next story. Uh, Veg News has named the best veg- vegan restaurants in America and 10 Philadelphia area wow. restaurants have made Ten. the list. Wow. Whole bunch of them. So I'm going to make my way through this quickly because there's 10 of them all and right. we'll spend too much time on them if we sit and uh, expand on all of them. But we'll start with the best vegan diner. It's uh, the Tasty. Mm. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I have a lot of things to say about that. All right, that. they're in Philadelphia. And then you have the best new vegan restaurant is, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, uh, Pietra Mala. Mm. That's also in Philadelphia. Marissa says I gave a, a good pronunciation on that. The best vegan bakery is a place called uh, Vegan Treats, and that is in Bethlehem. Uh, so not too far right. away, but uh, not necessarily in Philadelphia, but it's part of our area. Uh, then you have the, and then there's like second and third. I'm only going to hit the first place uh, winners because there are some that, that uh, where they came in second and third. I just don't have enough time to do this. Uh, the best vegan bar is uh, Charlie Was a Sinner, and that's also in Philadelphia. Wait, Charlie was a sinner? Yeah. Huh. Sinner. Who is Charlie? Where is he? We don't know. Is this Charlie? What was your what were the sins? Uh the best vegan coffee shop is Grindcore House. Yeah, man. Best vegan Philadelphia restaurant is Veg. Sinner. I finally ate there um earlier this year. I took my daughter out on a date. We went to see uh a show and took went to Veg. I was blown away because uh we had this thing that was basically like a uh, like a fondue cheese dip. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cheese because it was vegan. <laughs> that cheese I, not, is not real. I couldn't believe it. I, mean, I was awesome. Like, I was like five or six bites in when I go, wait, hang on a second. This is an actual cheese. I miss their sister restaurant, V Street, which was, <laughs> yeah, which was an awesome restaurant as well. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of the second and third place uh, ones then. Uh, best vegan fine dining restaurant. Second place went to Veg. Third place went to Miss Rachel's Pantry. Uh, best vegan pizzeria. Third place was 20th Street Pizza. Uh, best vegan Italian restaurant in third place was Monster Vegan. These are all Philly restaurants. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, best vegan donut shop was Dottie's Donuts as Dottie. well. Hi, Dottie. Hi, Dottie. That's a vegan donut. Uh, and so, yeah, a bunch of them. Uh, and so we have a, we have a robust, uh, vegetarian and vegan restaurant scene in Philadelphia. Now we already knew that. Yes. But apparently, uh, the world is sitting up and, and taking notice as the well. the world knows. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and, and I'm, I'm 
blanking on the name. Um, uh, comedian, we just had him in. Um, hilarious. He's a big foodie. It was just here. Jared Freed? Jared Freed. He, he claims yeah. Philadelphia is the best restaurant, city, best restaurant city in the world. Yes. Or in and the country. He's a little bit of a, uh, and a he knows. Yeah, he does know. He knows yeah, what yeah. he's talking about. And yeah. uh, I, I think... Uh, it's the he, only reason I don't... Like you know, I regret not living in the city is because just all those those food options. But you know, yeah, in the it's burbs have yeah. got good stuff too. No, I know. As he pointed out. I, I know, mean, but it's, like, it's centrally located. Like um, it's easier to get to. Yeah, easier to get to these if places. You if you're there. walking, yeah. yeah. If you live there, yeah. Steve drove in the city last. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! That's what's influenced. Okay. The Normandy, <laughs> inva- <laughs> the Normandy invasion was more rift than my drive to the city yesterday. I but could, I did it. I, I worked. Sense it. there was like a, some unease in your voice, Steve. It's gonna get. <laughs> All right, let's see if somebody knows what movie this is from. This beer is your first lesson in coffee. Without anything in it, it's black coffee. Can you say black coffee? Mm, nope. And then there's coffee regular, okay? That means two sugars and milk, which they have forgotten. So can I borrow some of yours? Ah, coffee regular. Love it. You know, that's breast milk. <laughs> All right, we'll go to Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. Hey, Gazoo, happy to hear from you. Uh, buddy, I'm <laughs> glappy as well. What is that film? Look Who's Talking. Look Who's yeah. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. That is a wonderful movie. It is. What do we have for him, Case? All right, Jay, you got a pair of tickets to see the birthday boy himself, Tom Papa, the Good Stuff Tour. That's going to be show number two. And it's at the Keswick Theater in Glenside, PA, Saturday, February 17th. And tickets are on sale today uh, via AXS.com. All right, uh, Case, I queued up the second one. Is that one uh, new? Yes. Yes, Let's see if you can identify what movie this food or drink clip is from. By the way, I've got some great soda on ice and a bear skin rub All right. (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. That's a quick one, but if you know what movie that is from, call right now. All right, next story. Forgot to say, order up. Come on, man. Order up. All right, now this sounds a little intriguing. Unfortunately, it's a bit out of our reach and not going to be available in this area, but Kraft Singles and Top Chef Finalist and Dumpling Extraordinaire, Dumpling uh, Chef Extraordinaire, Shirley Chung have teamed up for the creation of a new of of new souplings. Okay, this is a first of uh, its kind grilled cheese and tomato soup dumpling. Okay, I'm down. I know they <laughs> killed the souplings. Those two flavors are magic. I think uh, you know tomato soup and grilled cheese. Absolutely, it's one of those magical pairings yeah. in the culinary world. But souplings brings together the two iconic American classics: tomato soup and grilled cheese for the first time ever in one singular bite. So starting actually started yesterday. Uh, the Kraft Singles Souplings will be available at Chung's Restaurant, Miss Chi Cafe in Culver City, California. For a limited time. I told you it was a little out of reach for us. You're killing me. Uh, For those that are unable to make it to the restaurant, the souplings will also be available to order on goldbelly.com. The goldbelly. That's 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 a delivery, right? Yeah, the same one that provides that that, that, that cake that Tom Cruise sends out every year, Mm, right? Oh, right. Yeah, goldbelly. We we tried to get that. And we could not. I thought we did get it. We did not. Okay. Uh, Starts. uh, Sons of bitches. Uh, the the Gold Belly delivery will start uh, November 15th if you're interested. But th- I thought that was interesting. I don't know how that yeah. would play out with the soup I, in a dumpling. That's a little... I don't think you can go with a full-on soup liquid. Probably like, be a, th- like, a like, yeah. like a paste. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Maybe it is literally paste. Or like a bisque, you know? 
Biscuit's still kind of soupy. It's soupy, but it's a little bit watering. thicker. But uh, a thicker. Yeah. What is the technical difference, Nick? Can you look this up, please? Between soup and bisque, why? Why the spelling? How, how are they distinct? Uh, uh, distinguished amongst? I've never really looked in that. You think it's cream? I think it's cream. Okay. Well, he's right. We found that bisque is often made with tomatoes, but can also be made with other vegetables or seafood. The key difference between bisque and tomato soup is that bisque is thicker and creamier mm. due to the addition of milk or cream. But you know what? When you make even a can of Camel's tomato soup, it gives you the option. You can to, either to use add the cream. water yeah. or milk, which I always use milk. But this this has thick Thicker and creamier. It's not saying that soups don't use cream. It's just saying that the bisque is thicker and creamier. Yeah, I know. It just says due to the addition of milk or cream. So, I mean, maybe uh, maybe when you're making Campbell's soup at home and you add cream or milk instead, that that's more of a a bisque bisque. than than water. It's like, what altitude does a deer become an elk? We tried to figure that out the other day and we couldn't quite get on that. All right, let's see if somebody knows what movie this clip is from. It's a quick one. By the way, I've got some great soda on ice Bearskin rub waiting. All right, let's go to Alberto. Alberto, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good, buddy. All right, what movie is that from? It's Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is correct. Who is saying that in that clip? I don't even know. Uh, is that Jared Leto? Uh, let me hear the voice. Doesn't sound like him. Hang on a second. By the way, I've got some great soda on ice and a bearskin rub waiting. I don't know. Maybe Alberto knows. Alberto, who is saying that in that clip? Do you know? It's the Joker. It's it is. Joker. Okay, yeah. so oh, it's Cher Leto, it who just climbed the Empire freaking State Building. And what was waiting for him? Uh, bearskin rug and grape soda. Grape soda. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, Case, what do we have for Alberto? Oh, for you, Alberto, you get a pair of tickets to see the birthday boy, Tom Papa, the Good Stuff Tour. That is going to be show number two. And uh, for you... Oh, wait, hang on a second. Damn it. I had this already. Oh, it's not... It's not... Alberto, it's Roberto. Your Let's daddy, go. Roberto. I tried to get a... What's uh, going on? What's going on? I wanted to do a, uh, a, name, a name clip, clip for clip. him, and I got the name wrong. But anyway, more importantly, show number two at the Keswick Theater, Glenside, PA, Saturday, February 17th, and tickets are on sale today via AXS.com. Order up. Here's the next one. <laughs> this show's just rehearsal. Uh, what's that? This is just yeah, the yeah, rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Like, when we do the actual show, that one, this is going to sound great. Actually, the order is not up. I need to play another clip, another movie clip. All right. So. Hell is going on. I got you, bro. All right. What movie is this food clip from, bitch? <laughs> Let's give that key lime pie day in court and a big old glass of non-fat milk, if you please. All right. 215-263-WMMR. Call now. Now the order. All right, we'll go to this uh, story. The <laughs> All right, this is weird. Okay, apparently rotating sandwiches are back on the internet again. Rotating sandwiches? I am not familiar with this phenomenon. The premise behind rotatingsandwiches.com is... <gasps> What? Is it the way you eat it? It's simple. No. Oh. It's a single column perpetual scroll featuring any kind of sandwich that you can imagine. What? And according to the site, a hot dog is a sandwich. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Unlike many current sites, there are no ads. There are no calls to action. Just delicious bites from every angle. 
Uh, the site creator, Lauren, said, I think we would all be a lot better off if the Internet was a stranger place with more accessible tools for people to express their half-thought-out cockamamie ideas. The current iteration of the Internet is a darker, less fun place than it was when I was younger. So Doesn't she, sound pleasant. So she created rotating sandwiches. No, but it's silly. Okay. You know, so it's literally a picture of a sandwich that is spinning around uh, 360 degrees. Steve, I, I had the same thought as you. This kind of sounds dumb. And then I pulled it up. Is it ASMR? It's it, it, Yeah, it's hypnotic. Come over uh-huh. here and take a look. Right. Yeah, okay. go take a look. So we're looking at like an Italian sandwich, yeah. a hoagie yeah. that's rotating around. And beneath that is a yeah. bagel breakfast sandwich. Underneath that is an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Nick, I, I must have, shoot the queen. I, I like this. I do too. Uh, this is really, um, we don't have to do the rest of the show, do we? Uh, no, I could just sit here and watch this for a while. Wow. There's a Reuben. Oh, there's one with f- tinfoil. Oh, there's a, 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 a hero. The hero. How many? But, uh, that, a hero, hero meat actually spins. You guys uh, yes. <laughs> when you carve it. Yeah. I'm going to have, I have to stop this. I can't look You're, at this anymore. It's working. <laughs> okay. For those of you who this sounds really stupid to, go to rotatingsandwiches.com. <laughs> And you'll get hungry. <laughs> and take a look when you get a chance. Uh, almost all of the sandwiches featured on the site are available in the D.C. area, which is where she's from. All right. And Lauren's favorite sandwich is an Italian hoagie from Bud and Pops. Bud and Pops. In case you were interested. But uh, yeah, that, might give you some, that might give you some ideas. Uh, I think so. For, for making sandwiches, if you pop that on there. So. Awesome. I like that. <laughs> wow. Look, look at the uh, kielbasa. Is that a kielbasa or a hot, a hot dog? Hot dog yeah. Yeah. That's a little erotic. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's an erect hot dog. Yeah, someone's happy. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the phone and see if somebody knows what movie this clip's from. Let's get that key lime pie day in court and a big old glass of non-fat milk, if you please. All right, 215-263-WMMR's number. We'll go to Melanie. Hi there, Melanie. Hi, how are you? Awesome. Can you name that movie, please? It's Natural Born Killers. That is another good movie. Woody Harrelson. Uh, What do we have? Melanie. We got a pair of tickets to see Tom Papa, the Good Stuff Tour, show two at the Keswick Theater in Glenside, PA, Saturday, February 17th. Tickets on sale today via AXS.com. I wish Tom Papa could have handled the Woody Harrelson role in that movie. Tom Papa? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see if you know what movie this food clip is from. Do you want dinner, Nana? Dinner to eat? To eat? Walt. Nana? Walt, she's fine. She ate the entire salmon spread already. All right. (laughs) 215-263-WMMR is the number. Call now if you know. Hey, hold the stop. Stop, stop. Can I hit the bell first before you hit the music? Yeah. Because I think it gets lost wow. when, okay. when the music okay. plays. So, wow. anyway, all right. 215-263-WMMR. Uh, uh, Order up. There we go. Thank you. All right. So, Popeye's National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day is apparently going on for a while. I guess I guess National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day was a few days ago. I don't know. Did Popeye's have uh, in the chicken sandwich wars... Did Popeye hypothetically win? Did they have the most popular chicken I like, sandwich? I, I feel so. like they did. And, right? and I feel they like... had the most maelstrom surrounding well, I, that. And, yeah. Well, let me add, if, if you're not counting Chick-fil-A, because that's what Chick-fil-A does. Yeah, sure. But, that's but this would be a, a, a place that normally doesn't have a, a chicken sandwich as, as their, you know, their main... When they were rolling out the high the high concept, yeah, yeah. I well, think Popeyes won, right? You, yeah, well, you can tell because other fast food chains 
changed their chicken as a result. So I Burger King right. ended up coming up with the chicken sandwich. Right. right. And that was very, very uh, reminiscent of what Popeye's was doing. And I think, mm, no, I, I was going to say Wendy's, but no, Wendy's has kind of stayed the same. I think McDonald's might have even changed their tweak yeah. a little bit. Yes, they did, Casey. Uh, who was yeah. the who was the guy that who was the gal who got that whole fascination started? Uh, she was um, uh, a musician. Uh, she made a big deal about was it. Was it Cardi B? It might have been Cardi B, or was it? I've forgotten. Uh, but anyhow, that started the whole fascination with their chicken sandwich. Yes. So, so through November twelfth, you can get a free chicken sandwich with the purchase of any chicken sandwich combo. Mm, my Popeyes went bye bye. Oh, they got rid of it. It's gone. Didn't you love your chicken from Popeyes? I loved, but you hated a person that worked there. Yeah, the guy was miserable, but yeah. whatever. Well, the the maybe chicken speaks for itself. Quite literally, mm-hmm. if you have someone who is, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. You stick someone on the counter who's a prick, and you can kill a business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. definitely, and and probably. Maybe that's part of what it was. Well, he made I mean, it impossible to love your chicken. Well, this this particular Popeyes was in a weird like corner of the shopping center. There was no drive through, so mm. you know I, I think a lot of it, times people just want the convenience of being able to like stay in their car. I have a question. Maybe like a franchisee owner might be able to call or text in. Probably going to be hard to call in because we're doing the uh, uh, the movie clips. But if you let's say you own a a fast food restaurant and you want the you want the uh, the people that are, are working the uh, the service counter to be friendly, to be cordial, to have good customer service. If they are not, can you let them go because of that? Yes. Well, they're I a detriment know. to the business. Yeah, I think or, or you, you would probably have to go through a procedure. Or is it upon you to move them to another place where they're not serving customers? I think, I think standard business protocol would have you probably have to place some sort of drug in their car mm. and then call the cops Because there's no way that I would want anybody who is not friendly. I had a guy who owned a McDonald's one time, and he, he uh, I saw him regularly, right. and, and he, he was the manager. I don't know if he's the owner or manager, but he goes, hey, he goes, uh, I got a question. I just want, I'm curious why you come by. I'm asking people yeah. from time to time. And I said, well, a lot of it's convenience because it's on the way home and, yeah. and it's nearby where I live, and if I'm hungry, I'll stop off and grab something. So I go, I don't really actively search out McDonald's or anything like that. But I did tell him, I go, but I go, if you had people that were serving me that were lousy in customer service, I would make it a point to not come here. Yeah, yeah. I would go out of my way to not be a customer here. And he goes, well, thank you for letting me know that. And I go, you train your your people well because I always had mm-hmm. great experiences for them. What a vast difference it makes. And, and to the business owner, to the franchisee, um, know that, that that little interaction, that little mm-hmm. that person at the counter. I was at a store yesterday where the, the, the person helping me, it was at Monster Pets, actually. Yeah. And, and uh, the woman who was helping me, my wife and I, could not have been more delightful. Right? Yeah. Um, so the guy that I, you know, at Popeyes, he was just unpleasant. He wasn't nasty. Now there was a girl. I literally I was walk- it Pluto. It was not Pluto, oh. but uh, there was a girl that I, I walked into a fast food restaurant and like she was miserable and she was a bitch. Like to every single person that walked in there. And, and the last time I saw her working there, I literally walked into the store. I saw her at the counter. Said, "I'm not doing this." And I walked out and I went somewhere else because I had already had a run in with her because she was so nasty to every. Si- well, dude, they ask you what your initials are, and after I watched her fight with somebody in in line uh, because she messed up their order. F you. And so she asked what my initials were, and I said F you. <laughs> And then she she types in nephew and she looks at me like looks up like side eye. She goes, What's your last name? And I go, Udovich. 
because I, 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 I and I knew you were going to ask me. No, no, you. I should have said you, you bitch. bitch. <laughs> you bitch. But I, uh, I'm friends with uh, Walton and uh, Eric Udovich. I grew up with these guys. She asked you your she last name. My name is my Frank last name was. Udovich. Oh my god, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. Her name is Jasmine, and she was a total bitch. And like, why would you want that to be yeah. the face? Of your franchise. Preacher of the choir, man. Yeah. I hear you. Ah, I've seen it a million times. <laughs> Ed, you were there. Uh, All right, let's a lot see. Of people are, I'm sorry, uh, Preston. Yeah. A lot of people are saying uh, that you can absolutely move somebody or fire somebody. It's an at-will state in Pennsylvania. Okay. And so if you have an issue with an employee for uh, poor customer service, you are within your rights as a manager to move or fire that person. By the way, contrary-wise, please... Compliment. Let a manager know oh, that they have, they have a good worker working for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that. Because but, what if, but what if the manager is the one that's a dick? Yeah, that happens then too. Oh, my God. There's a place. Can I, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what type of business this is, who this is, any of that stuff. So don't even try to. Don't, All right. don't dig. All right. But I went to a place yesterday I've been going to for 17 years. Where is it? I have, <laughs> shut up. I have, I have no choice but to go there. And the guy knows me. I know him. I come walking in. And uh, this is the greeting I get. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoa. That's it. Now, how you doing? What do you Bro, want? She's probably busy. Jesus <laughs> Christ. But that's it. I just get Like you were going for some, to pick something up. Uh, I was I was making a... a, a you, you did have to say. It, yeah. the, the person was... A transaction. Just, yes. And, and it's just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Who else was in this room? Man. No one. No it was one. just you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've told you a story, but Preston, yeah. I know you love it. The manager that I had at that one restaurant where he goes, I don't want to hear boo out of any run. <laughs> and like, yeah. he was just a jerk of a manager. And the employees didn't like working for this guy because he was not... He was unpleasant. Some pe- that you, 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 and listen, fine. That's your personality. That's your way. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be in the front. You shouldn't, yes. be, you shouldn't be in customer service. You should not be serving customers. Other people should be doing that. Uh, this is funny because yesterday yes. I went. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday I went to a place who who routinely has. Not great customer service. Oh, and, where is it? And, and I know, um, and I know it, and I know was every it time. Place? And no, but I went in um, like prepping myself, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? And I, I was, I just had in my mind, yeah. I'm going to be overly nice, and that's what I did to the woman. And by the time I left, she was like, great, we'll see you later. We'll give you a call, okay? Like she was so nice to me because the whole time I just like doused her with kindness. So you raise a good point. Also, sometimes someone could be having a bad day. If you see consistently, though. From somebody, you know, that, and someone's just a dick. You, yeah. you probably need to take that person off well, the counter. And where I went, it's the whole place. It's everyone that works there. I don't know if they're miserable or they hate their jobs or what, but like no one is ever friendly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pet euthanization center. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Why are you guys so down? <laughs> it's literally called yeah. Kill Them with, yeah. with Kindness. Kill Them with Kindness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see if somebody knows what movie this is from. Do you want dinner, Nana? Dinner to eat? To eat? What? Nana? Well, she's fine. She ate the entire salmon spread already. All right, we're going to go to Vanessa. Hi there, Vanessa. Hey, how are you? Awesome. Vanessa, do you know what movie that's from? It's Knives Out. Knives Out. That's correct. You got it. Uh, hang on, here's what we have for you. Vanessa, you just won a case of November's Beer of the Month, Victory Brewing's Merry Monkey. Victory Brewing's Merry Monkey is a must this season. A Belgian ale with cranberry, orange, and cinnamon at 10% ABV to mm. all a good night. All right. Uh, one more? Yeah. Uno mas. All right, this is the final movie clip. What film is this from? Are you going to eat your tots? 
No. Can I have one? All right, 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. Order up. Thank you. We will end with uh, this one. Steve uh, sent this to the connoisseur. Pizza Hut introduced a new and exotic pizza option, and it's available only in Hong Kong. It's garnering a bit of attention around the world. The new pizza is topped with finely shredded snake meat, oh, man. giving it a distinctive texture <laughs> and flavor. Uh, has uh, anybody here ever had snake Nick meat? Has, of course he has. Yeah. Have you? Probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had every meat. Uh, s- snake meat is actually, well. some people, um, you know, it's like a delicacy. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've never had it. I can't. I bet you it's not that different than gator, right? I mean, it's a reptile. Maybe. And you've had that, right? I've had gator, yeah. I've had gator, too. Oh, and it's, it's nothing special. Uh, I mean, it didn't taste bad. It's kind of bland, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, So Pizza Hut and Sir Wong Fun teamed up to create a nine-inch pizza inspired by traditional snake stew. The pizza features shredded snake meat, black mushrooms, and Chinese dried ham. How's your snake? Uh, the pizza will only How do you like be your bat? <laughs> available until November 22nd. Customers who have tried the pizza claim that the texture of the snake is similar to dry chicken. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Preston mm-hmm. says a lot of people who ate that were rattled. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> I miss eating inside a uh, Pizza Hut. Oh. No, no, oh. no, no, no. We used to eat at Pizza Hut quite a bit. Wait, Casey, I saw know? a video yesterday. I'm sorry, Kath. Um, there is a an original looking Pizza Hut. It's an actual Pizza Hut. It still serves Pizza Hut restaurant, uh, Pizza Hut food outside of um, Chicago, Illinois. I'm going to find oh. the video. I saw this yesterday on Instagram. Yeah, and I, I watching the video. David feels very nostalgic. nostalgic. Yeah. Everything you're talking about. The, darker wood, the reds. It was always a little bit underlit. Yes. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the pizza huts. Yeah. Can you not? I don't understand. There, there aren't any that around here anymore. Yeah. That you can't yeah, go dude. in and sit? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I, um, I grabbed a lunch with a friend of mine, uh, John, a couple of weeks ago. And John and I, we were great friends in high school. And, and I just have these awesome memories of him and I going to Pizza Hut. Eating making out. The making out, no, but laughing, like like legit pizza hut, crying, laughing, just sitting there smoking cigarettes, eating pizza. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, pizza hut, yeah. Pizza hut is credited with making pizza the a go to popular, right? Popular fast food. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you guys about yeah. that. It was it was the uh, I saw a documentary about um, you know uh, renovations in in America, or, uh, and and Pizza Hut is the one that brought mm-hmm. the popularity of pizza. The to, concept, to yeah. The United States, yeah, it's now, pretty there's wild. A, there's a takeout Pizza Hut that uh, I went to, Preston. It's in Rio Grande. Pizza Chalet. It's not Pizza Chalet. It's it, it is a Pizza Hut. It's just in a, a strip mall stores, and and I went there uh, just you know for nostalgic reasons. It was it was still pretty decent, but I like the idea of sitting down in the booth. So the Pizza Huts became part of the um, the, the, the combo restaurants that would yeah. have a couple of them. So you'd have a Baskin Robbins or a Dunkin' and a Pizza Hut or whatever. And you know the Pizza Huts for a while were were um, a lot of. Um, uh, service uh, stations yeah. along the, um, the the highways. You'd find Pizza Hut. Casey, there's one, an original style one outside of Quakertown. Okay. That you can go to. A lot of listeners are texting in. I'm, I'm trying to find the address, but um, it's like the old style. 
But if you want your snake pizza, yes. you have to go to Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where you want to go. They're working on, uh, in, in Hong Kong, they're working on other, this is, this is a, uh, a trend among Asian franchises of American brands to celebrate local food culture uh, with creations, including uh, pizzas featuring durian. Oh, my God. Pig no. blood curds. Oh, stop mm-hmm. it. That's or, good, pig blood. Uh, tonkatsu ramen. So those things are, they're trying out. Wait, did anyone try durian when it was today? I did. Yeah. You yeah. did actually taste it? I did. Uh, so it, the funny thing was, is that even the sort of uh, cookie or waferish version of it that was supposed to be a dessert was horrible. Oh, so, so yeah. uh, I didn't think it tasted that bad when we had it in here. Oh, to, you tasted it too? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, 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 um, oh. it, it's... Vaguely, it was like actually a the thing that, onion. If I feel like Casey, uh, the version of it that was supposed to taste better tasted worse. Yeah. So the actual durian itself tasted better than what you used it to make. Yeah. This, no, that no. was gnarly. Um, I was the only one that ate the Swiss ramen, though. Yeah, uh, you were. By the way, one last bit of information before we wrap up the connoisseur version. Bought this in before we go get the winner. This is nice to hear. Raising Cane's chicken fingers. Yes. Is donating 15% of sales at six area restaurants. If you visit on Tuesday, they're going to donate 15% of the sales to Camp Out for Hunger. Is that yeah. right? Is that cool? Well, yeah. that's very cool. Thank you, guys. We very much appreciate that. So, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. I have yet to have it. I hear good things. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I uh, misspoke a few weeks ago. I had... I- I uh, went to, I, I it wasn't a Raising Cane's that I went to. Yeah. I went to a different uh, chicken restaurant. I thought it was a Raising Cane's. You um, went to Abel's. I did not. Oh, I get Cane it. Cane and Abel's. Abel. Um, yeah, so they are coming by. I'm trying to look for the uh, the information that coming we have by. about that uh, to the Camp Out for Hunger. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, to make the donation. Yeah, so they're coming by on Thursday. So okay. uh, they'll be able to um, tally everything that they make on, on Tuesday. But they're they're hoping that the um, the the results will be in the neighborhood over $7,000. So you excellent. can help that, right? Excellent. Yeah. Please let them know that in no way do they need to bring by some chicken fingers. No, no way at no, all. No, 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 they probably or should. Or a variety of sauces. variety of sauces. Flavors. That I've been waiting for forever to try. Okay. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Raising Cane. So that's on Tuesday. Stop by and see them. All right, uh, let's see if somebody knows what movie this clip is from. Are you going to eat your tots? No. Can I have them? All right, we'll go to Bridget and see if we can get the answer. Hi, Bridget. Hi, good morning. Uh, good morning. All right, Bridget, what movie is that from? Napoleon Dynamite. It is. Right. Absolutely. Hang on a second, Bridget, because... We got something for free for you. It is a case of November's beer of the month. Victory Brewing's Merry Monkey is a must this season. A Belgian ale with cranberry, orange, and cinnamon at 10% ABV to all a good night. All right. Congratulations to you, Bridget. Hang on the line. Uh, that's all we have time for in the Connoisseur. Hope you got something out of that. I love we ended on tots. Lots of good stuff. Uh, so we're going to take a break. We have uh, Bizarre File Stories aplenty uh, that are coming up. We also have several guests that are going to be on on the show this morning, uh, including uh, Johnny Goodtime. Yes. Uh, who's going to be excited. running our quizzo at uh, Camp Out for Hunger, which is three days away until the camp out starts. Wednesday night is quizzo night. And then we have other guests joining us as well. I'll tell you about those when we return for the B Files. Stay with us. In MMR's early days, we used carrier pigeons for requests, but some people got mad at us. So now we have the text line at 39333. It's faster, better, and there's less poop. So text us anytime at 39333. Get social with Preston and Steve. 
Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's do this. Recorded by Froggy live at the Camp Out for Hunger. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by J-Dog Junk Removal and Hauling. Got junk, want it gone? Then you want J-Dog Junk Removal and Hauling. Veteran and military owned and operated. You can visit J-Dog Junk Removal, RDSC.com. That's J-Dog Junk Removal, RDSC. Com. How about this one? A commercial plane took off with two missing window assemblies and reached <gasps> more than 10,000 feet before oh anybody God. realized that something was wrong. How is hey, can that you possible? Roll that up there. Uh, the incident, which involved an Airbus A321, took place on October 4th. On that day, the plane departed from London uh, for Orlando, and it was carrying three pilots, an engineer, a loadmaster, six cabin crew, and nine passengers. Uh, it was scheduled for a multi day charter, but shortly after takeoff, several passengers noticed that the aircraft cabin seemed a little colder and noisier, and it's a little harder to breathe. Uh, The plane continued to climb to an altitude of 10,000 feet, and the seatbelt signs were switched off. we're, We're very sorry about that. Uh, It was at this point that the loadmaster walked toward the back of the plane and noticed a significant increase in cabin noise, (laughs) saying it was loud enough to damage your hearing. Yeah. Uh, He also noticed that the window seal on the window uh, on the left side of the plane was flapping in the airflow. 
Uh, the flight crew decided to stop the plane's climb at 14,000 feet and reduce airspeed despite no abnormal indications on the flight deck and normal operations of the aircraft's pressurization system. Yeah, you figure some sort of alert or bell would go off. Yeah, an engineer and a pilot were then dispatched to take a look, and it was agreed the air pa- aircraft should return. Uh, they turned around 36 min- minutes later and landed. So uh, once parked, the cabin crew inspected the plane and discovered that two window assemblies, the inner and outer panes and rubber seal, were missing. Uh, the only thing in place was what they called the scratch pane. It's a piece of plastic that prevents passengers from touching the outer window. Right. And the inner pane and seal from a third window had also been displaced. Uh, so the day before the flight, the plane had been used during a filming event where high-powered lights were active for up to five and a half hours. Thermal damage and window deformation were subsequently observed in the area around the overwhelming emergency exit, uh, which they attributed to extended exposure to elevated temperatures. So it was the heat from, from the, the light that caused this to uh, malfunction. Though I do pose this notion, every once in a while, they should pop out a window or two just so you could look out, hang out a little bit. Uh, the agency is now working with the planes manufacturer and operator fully to understand the properties of the lights used and how to mitigate risks in the future. Since they do allow service dogs on the flight, they would like that. Yeah. Yeah. A Florida woman was snorkeling with a friend over the weekend when a nine-foot alligator attacked her and bit her on the forehead. And a photographer nearby happened to get pictures of the immediate aftermath, including one that clearly shows an alligator lurking behind them. Did it bite her hand off? Uh, No, it bit her head. Uh, Marissa Carr said Friday that she still cannot believe that an alligator bit her in the face on Sunday. Yeah, I'd find it hard to wrap Uh, my mind around that. She was out with a friend snorkeling and swimming at Alexander Springs near Ocala. She said, I ripped the mask off and turned to see two little eyes sticking out of the water. Hi. She said the nine-foot alligator came out of nowhere. Her friend, Shane, said she heard a rush of water and then saw the gator. I said, I heard this rush of water, turn around to make sure she was okay, and then I saw it. I saw her head in its mouth. Melissa said it all happened in a matter of seconds so fast she didn't realize the alligator had bitten her at all. She said it didn't hurt bad in the moment, and then it was like as I was running back, and I saw what I, and then I, I saw what it was, and then it started hurting. Of course. She said, I was like, my forehead hurts really bad, and my neck is in so much pain. Uh, a trapper was able to find the nuisance gator and remove it. It's actually the second alligator incident to happen within uh, the week. On November 1st, a 79-year-old man was also snorkeling and bumped into an alligator. Uh, the gator did not bite him, but he did receive non-life-threatening injury somehow or another. Uh, so they closed the um, uh, the areas shortly uh, but they reopened it up. Marissa said she was not wearing a, uh, I'm sorry, she was wearing a full face snorkel mask, not just swimming goggles, and she thinks that may have saved her from having more serious injuries. I mean, so, she yeah. should be dead. I mean, yeah. Better <laughs> in the face. Yeah. Out loud. All right, how about this story? It's another animal encounter. It was late summer, close to dark, when the call came into emergency services that a group of floaters on the Jefferson River in southwest Montana were attacked by otters. Friggin' otters! And needed assistance. What's Mon- going on? Montana State Highway Patrol Trooper Barb Armstrong didn't hesitate to jump into action. She was familiar with the area. She said, I knew how remote it was, and I thought, well, I could at least go and help them get loaded in the ambulance. But it wasn't that simple. For almost an hour, uh, she and other first responders drove up and down U.S. Highway 2 before stopping at a home located over a mile from where the phones were pinging and where they could hear the women, the woman screaming for help. Wow. 
Fortunately, the landowner was familiar with the area and helped her out. She set out with an uh, EMT, the landowner, and his dog. It was dusk. And along the railroad tracks, about 10 feet away from the river, they encountered the first woman who was walking out to find help. She says, my friends are further down. And so we kept walking. And we found the second gal. She had some pretty good wounds on her. So we're all terrified about the Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Otters. Yeah. Uh-huh. She said, I said, where's your friend? She pointed across the river and said she's over there. So Armstrong knew she was going to have to swim across the river. I, this is a, this is almost like a, an otter contagion. The EMT stayed with the second woman to treat her wounds. And with the help of a guiding light from the landowner and a dog named Rose, Trooper began to swim. She said, I was far enough that I didn't want to leave my gear to come back for it and leave it unattended. And that's with uh, the possibility we might need to get my pistol, too. Wow, Steve. Uh, it was an otter catastrophe. Yeah, today. man. Love it. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll just keep on going. So she began to swim what she estimates about 100 yards of water with an extra 20 pounds of weight from her belt, vest, medical bag, her gun, all that stuff. She didn't even think about the otters attacking her. Uh, but she said, I had the landowner's dog next to me, so I felt pretty safe. And she eventually, she was starting to get fatigued, and then she felt the, the ground underneath and was able to keep going. She could have drowned. Well, dude, the, the last guy you had, the last otter attack story, the guy was bitten like 50 times. Well, when she got to the woman, she said she was basically covered head to toe in blood and missing a sandal. Uh, the woman was going into shock, but everyone's hopes were lifted because a helicopter approached. To t- they had to airlift her out of there after an otter attack. Uh, the pilot was an otter. Armstrong then took account of her equipment that was damaged and the in the swim and called to check with her sergeant. And she recently, for this, she received the Medal of Valor for the huh. Montana Highway Patrol Highest Award for Heroism and Bravery in the Otter Attack. You have to wow. imagine that in the average otter's mouth, there are all sorts of things that could cause infection, God, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this cop, in all her gear, swam across that river. And that's it was amazing. very, very dangerous. So I thought that was a great story. All right. And that's all I have time for in the Bizarre File, and we have a guest that we are going to talk to. So, yeah. Camp Out for Hunger is coming up on Monday, but on Wednesday night, we're doing our first ever Quizzo event, and it's going to be run by the gentleman who is here. And hit the music, Casey. <laughs> Please welcome Johnny Goodtime. Yeah. Thank you. Thank How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We're doing good, man. Thank you, by the way, for agreeing to be a part of Camp Out for Hunger. Your, reputi- your reputation precedes you. Apparently, you're the, the god of Quizzo. Well, I've certainly been doing it a heck of a long time. I just realized the other day that I've been, I now have kids playing the Quizzo at the bar who weren't born when I hosted <laughs> oh, my oh, first oh, Quizzo. And now they're over 21 yes. and in a bar right. playing Quizzo. Wow. I, you know what? I'm a trivia buff, and we all are. We oh. love it. Jeopardy every night. Jeopardy regularly. Yeah. I've never done Quizzo. Never done it. How can you live in this area? <laughs> never Just never end up doing it. I got to get out and do this. Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to get out of the house. It's, yeah, it's fun. I do get out of the house. You don't have to bust my balls over here. No, but you would like, especially if you you know like you like trivia stuff like that. I've done yeah. it a couple of times, and it's always it's just a blast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it, it taps into something. I think the thing that's really interesting to me is that it it taps into something where people get to get off their phone for a little while right. and actually yeah. hang out with their friends and not just go to the bar, sit next to their friend and check their Instagram, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's they're together, they're in this thing, and they're working together. And I think that's sort of the magic that has enabled this very analog game mm. to still be popular now in this digital age. 
huge. I love it so very much. I've played Quizzo a lot over the years, and I'm really, really excited for Wednesday night. I can't wait for you to be a part of it, Johnny. Um, And you mentioned phones, and so let's get this out there right now. What are the rules involving phones, and what are your other rules involving Quizzo? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't use the phone to check answers, and that's always, you know, that's always the challenge in the in the modern age. I it's, mean, I've been to games where people forget immediately and they just instinctively they go for their phones right. during in between questions in between round, rounds or whatever you have to put your phones away all right, right before right. we get to rules okay. i, I, I want to know the, the 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 format okay let's so so uh, uh, quizzo is a trivia for, for those who are absolute neophytes no, no, i don't know anything right. okay right. so so quizzo is a trivia contest you hosted right teams of how many people teams of up to eight Okay, teams of up to eight. Right. Uh, I think capacity is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 150 some odd people at uh, Victory Beer Hall, where this is going to be. So we have to make sure that uh, we have the you know proper space and and everything for everyone. Uh, and people just come and get registered that night with their teams. Right. Yeah. First come, first serve. That's it. Okay. Now through the how how does the game play out? How many rounds? How many questions? Stuff like that. So for me, different people do it different ways. For me, it's four rounds, eight questions each round, and the and the Points and the difficulty go up each round. So okay. my mine is definitely Jeopardy inspired. Good, I love that. It gets it gets harder as you go along. Okay, and you get more points for harder questions. So okay. that's how I set. So that's four, how I set my four mind. rounds, eight questions around, and and so um, um, eight people per team. And we're thinking about 150 max, Preston, for the participants that night. Yeah, something right. somewhere okay. in that range. Okay, so when you ask a question, how much time before people have to get their answer? Do they write it down? Do they raise their hand? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, I hand out score sheets when okay. the whole thing starts, and and then they work as a team. They write down their answers. I pause a few seconds between each question, and then we move on. I mean, the game definitely pops. It definitely moves. You don't want to just sit there. But yeah. Um, and then at the end of the rounds, I'll collect the papers. Great them and then hand them back. All right. And so, you know, you're with the team. You've got other teams that are nearby. Clearly, you don't want to be saying your answers out loud or having to, you know, uh, firm of a discussion about it out loud so other people get ideas. Are people very quietly talking to each other? Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So you keep everything close to the vest as a, as a participant. Right. Yeah. Johnny, okay. is there a music round? Do you do like a, I need oh, yeah. that tune? Okay. Yeah. So, and um, uh, did you, how many questions per round usually? Eight questions per round. And, and then so, and how much time in between rounds? <laughs> Uh, 10 minutes or so while right. I grade the papers and then I just play music and people hang out. All right, okay. so we're looking at hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, hour something and a half like to that. Two. Hour, okay. and a half to two. hour and a half to yeah. two hours for the whole thing to take place. Um, and so when I, I have hosted events, Casey has as well. I've, all of us yes, probably have. Absolutely. Uh, well, what I was going to say is bingo. Bingo. I've and not bingo, hosted bingo can get mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, a lot of people don't realize that. that right. there, are, there are some people that take it really seriously and if you are not as a host following proper protocols, they'll let you know about it. Quizzo the same way? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. It's competitive. I mean, people oh, take yeah. it seriously and yeah. they, they want to win. You know, and it's funny, Nick, you were talking about the phone thing. For me, it self-polices. Yes. Because oh, I it? have, oh yeah, I have diehards <laughs> that if you pull your phone out, yeah. you, you, better, you better be careful on your way out the door. <laughs> I told this story on air uh, a while back, but I, I used to go to this uh, quizzo at, at a restaurant called uh, Christopher's and Wayne, and there were these four or five teenage boys that came in, and they just couldn't put their phones away. They just, they, they're so used to having them out all the time, and so the host, who's a great host, keeps moving things along, and he, he admonished them once, and then told them again, and it's like, guys, you can have your phones out, you just can't play quizzo, and finally they decided 
they couldn't play anymore, so they got up and they left. And everybody in the crowd who had been playing by the rules this whole time booed these kids as they're walking out of the restaurant. And they're oh, like, yeah. boo! Yeah. And it's because they deserved it at that point. They didn't know how to put their phones away. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just part of the, the culture of the thing is if you do that, you're... You're being a bad sport. So it's, it's, it's not a lot to embrace if you're a first-time Quizzo player. You come down, you got the rules. We got everything's in place now. Don't cheat. Right. And you should be good. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So we're going to start this around what time? Uh, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. All right, so get there early, obviously, because, well, we need to figure out what time people can start registering because, right. we don't, you know. Also, keep in mind, there is a Sixers game on Wednesday night, so we're going to set yeah. up the rules and the time on, on getting there. There will be parking for people coming to Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, all that information is going to be up on the website. Because I'll bet people will line, start lining up early. I would imagine. There's going to be a lot of people that want to be a part of it. The response has been very solid, so if you are very interested in being a part of this quiz, I would get there early. It's and, not going to be on the website. It is on the website. Gotcha. Okay. So if you have any questions or anything like it, honestly, everything that you need to know about Camp Out is already at PrestonAndSteve.com. We're going to give away a catered suite for a Flyers game. Pretty sweet deal, man. Absolutely. Pardon the pun on that. Uh, Johnny, is there any way, Is it's just general knowledge, is there any yeah. way to prepare for it? Nah, there's no, no there's no studying. Just what you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to find out, you know, once and for all who knows the most. <laughs> and but we're going to have a few uh, twists. Um, Some themes? Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a few twists and turns. And it'll be it'll be a fun quiz. Okay. When did, right. did Quizzo kick in fully? I mean, it, it became the thing. Had a you know massive surge at the beginning and has never really diminished. Right. When yeah. did when did Quizzo really for you or just in general end up on the you know going out for a night map? It it's it's interesting, Steve, because it was it's really a Philly thing to a certain extent. Is it? It, it comes from Ireland. Okay. So I came here from Ireland. Uh, a, a, a guy was dating a girl in Ireland. Went there, played the, their pub quiz, loved it. Came back and said, "Why don't I host one in America?" So started here in Philly. Um, um, in the 90s, I started doing it in 2001 or 2002, and um, yeah, and then it just sort of blew up it's in huge. the early 2000s, and yeah, it's it's just continued to get bigger. Now, in some other cities, they've got more sort of these corporate companies come in, but in Philly, one thing I love about the city is everybody wants their corner guy. Right, You right, know, yeah, like, yeah. they don't want the big company, the sleek company coming in, and, you know. It's and, like and, Twister. You, you want regular homegrown meteorologists and not the yeah. Right, 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 right. So uh, is is this enough for you to be a full-time Quizzo guy, or is that what you do, or do you have a job outside of this? Uh, I have a couple side hustles. That's my main one. I like side hustles. I'm I'm an investor. I'm I'm one of the owners of uh, Shibe Sports and uh, 13th and Walnut. What? uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. I brought your Prism shirt from you guys uh, a couple of years ago. Nice. That's a great shirt, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm an investor in that. I'm also an investor in uh, the Philadelphia Phoenix, which is Philly's pro ultimate Frisbee team. Oh, Oh, Wow. Excellent. What do you guys do? You guys play uh, the, the Fairmount Park? Or where, where is the. Uh... No, so, well, we're still in the. If you guys know anybody with a football stadium, let me know. <laughs> we're still in negotiation for that for next year. But wow. yeah, we've played a few different places over the years. And so, johnnygoodtimes.com, if people want to find other Quizzo events that you're doing? Yeah, if you want to find my regular schedule and also if you want to hire me, I do uh, holiday parties, I do corporate parties, I do birthday parties. Just did a 60th birthday party the other week, and that was awesome. You know, I just did, had a blast. Yeah, you yeah. did a round on the year she 
was born, did a round, you know, she was a big great. Bruce Springsteen fan, so I did a round on Boss covers. You know, it's I, I definitely try to personalize that kind of stuff, and people really enjoy, you know, having that kind of thing for a, a birthday party or a corporate event. As a person who comes up with trivia questions regularly, um, <clears throat> sometimes I find that I have uh, given the wrong answer, or I have the wrong answer, and our rule is... Whatever I say is the answer is the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's always been a staple at Quizzo. The okay. Quizmaster is always right, even when the Quizmaster is <laughs> wrong. Go. There you because go. It would be a nightmare. Right. It, it would right. be a freaking nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. All right. All right. Love it. Listen, we're stoked that you're a part of this. Thanks for doing it, man. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to a great night. It's our first time ever, and hopefully it'll maybe become a tradition. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really excited. I really appreciate you guys and what you do every year. This is such an awesome event, and I'm, I'm oh, thrilled to be a part of say it. Say hi to your wife. She listens. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, Colby and Avery. Listening. Uh, uh, my son Avery listening now. I uh, love you guys. Wednesday right. night, Quizzo night, Victory Beer Hall at Xfinity Live with Johnny Good Times. So. Make sure you come and join us. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. And uh, we're going to have Alonzo Bowden on the show with us, who's going to be at Helium Comedy Club this weekend. So hang out for a moment. Ever thought about riding free carnival rides before 8 a.m.? Break your normal morning routine. Bring a donation to Camp Out for Hunger. Watch your favorite morning show live. Grab a free coffee and donut from the Dunkin' Cruiser and enjoy all of the Camp Out craziness. Visit WMMR.com slash Camp Out for details. Nick, you wanted to do a short out real quick here. Yeah, at another great event, the Bud Light uh, Thursday Night Kickoff events are so much fun. We gave away uh, Eagles tickets last night. A, a great guy named Brendan from Ireland won the tickets last night. He could not be more pumped. Uh, and so it was really cool to meet everybody that came out to Liberty Union in Chester Springs, but I wanted to give this particular shout out to a guy named Sean Perry. Uh, he and everybody at Joe Lyons, electrical contractors, they're based out of Coatesville, but they are all over the road all day, every day, ah. and they listen to nothing but MMR and the That's President awesome. Steve show in their van. So Sean and the crew at Joe Lyons Electrical Contractors, this one's for you. And Preston, he said, in particular, if you ever need any electric work on your swimming pool, Ooh, they're your guys. That's what they do. That's what they do. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Um, real quick, I want to do this as a shard out as well. Uh, and this uh, this opens with the line, what's up, you bitch? <laughs> <laughs> See? My that's, name, how you, that's how you do it. My name is Elena. I have been listening to your show for my entire life. Uh, 20 years, that is. My dad's 50th birthday is on the 9th of November, so I just missed it. Oh, man. Uh, your show is something we always bond over, and I would love to show him how much I love him with a nice, juicy shart. He's the best dad ever and supports me in each and every way, and I would not be the person I am today without him. Thank you so much. Signed, Julie Jerkoff. No. <laughs> also known as Elena Spates. So here is a shart out. Uh, Julie Jerkoff. <laughs> Forgive me, Kirkoff. So happy birthday to your dad. That's cool. Thank you guys. Happy one of my favorites. Robert. Always delighted to hear when people, when uh, kids and, and parents bond over our program. Uh, this is another one. Uh, this is from uh, John. It says, hey, Preston, it's us again. Dean and, how would you pronounce this last name, guys? B-I-E-S-Z. Bees? Bees? Yeah. Dean and bees. Bees nuts. Uh, two-thirds of the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> and we're not sorry for bothering you guys at work. And they, w- they wanted to do a shout-out. Happy birthday to Brando. Uh, That's right. Here is to another year of sucking down chili dogs, he said. <laughs> You're the only guy we know who can suck down a chili dog without chewing. Uh, sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Preston, Steve, Kathy, Nick, Marissa, Casey Boy, for the Daily Laughs. We can't wait to help shatter last year's Camp Out for Hunger uh. 
record. Thank you, Preston John. So you got it, buddy. Oh we'll uh, we'll be happy to see you there. All right. So we did not. We we all kind of went our separate ways during the commercial break. So would you like to do the junk drawer here, or is there something else? Does anybody get junk any drawer. burning topics no. to talk about right well, at now? At least for me, I don't. <laughs> well, I so. <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said Kathy sounds like an owl. An owl? An yeah. owl? Yeah. They said she sounds like an owl. And when this third three-year-old went back into the house, what yeah. happened? Yeah. What- well, that's not fair because uh, my best friend in the whole world, who's my cousin, hates owls. So okay. she's going to disagree with you. Well, what? no, it wasn't me. Why, can you expand? Do you understand what that means? Or uh, explain what that means? Yeah. I, I missed. I took a swing and I missed. <laughs> Kathy was supposed to say who. Oh. <laughs> wow. You kneecapped You kneecapped that joke. <laughs> wow. I appreciate the effort. Yeah, thank you. Strong effort. But you could see Case. <laughs> there was there was a sense of panic. <laughs> and I, my heart goes out to you because you're waiting on the who. Uh-huh. And it never it never came. Never it came. said you got uh, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? The guys who were waiting on the beach at Dunkirk uh-huh. were more relaxed than uh-huh. you were waiting for that who. Do you want, uh, do you want to do it over? No, no. I'd so I probably should have chose a, a different story your jokes in a Grecian yeah. urn. Oh, wait, what's a Grecian urn? How about two fifty an hour? Maybe Casey, maybe you would have said somebody we both know said that you sound like an owl and maybe she would have you know, more specified. Yeah, yeah. No, I out the who who I definitely think my approach was uh could have been better. Um because I sort of presented it in such a way that it was like, Oh, I'm not going to tell you who you know? Okay. And uh it should I should have been like, Oh my god, yeah, they're right. Should've you been, do yeah. sound like an owl. Right, right, right. You know? Okay. All right. Well, it's okay. You can't have all of them. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. even have like 2% of them. <laughs> but that 1%. Oh, 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 oh doggy. Oh, yes. yes. We doggy. Oh. All right. Why don't we do the junk drawer then? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Give me my intro. We'll, uh, we'll dive into the store. It's the junk drawer. Preston's cleaning out his junk drawer. Getting things out of the junk drawer. Finding stuff here in the junk drawer. All right, what do we find here? Uh, you know what? I'm going to lead with a pretty serious one, and this is this is not a junk story whatsoever. It's a, it's a unfortunate, but this man lived a hell of a life. Frank Borman, yes, an American astronaut, made history by circling the moon in 1968 and had what might have seemed like a bumpier ride as the chief executive of Eastern Airlines in the 1970s and 80s. He passed away Tuesday in Billings, Montana. Uh, he was uh, 95 years old. You know, there, there was a guy who once told him he sounded like an owl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the big regrets of his life. Well, we just had earlier this week, Ken Mattingly died. He was uh, he was an astronaut and one of those Apollo astronauts as well. But uh, Borman uh, died from a stroke. He had a stroke Tuesday morning in a retirement community and was pronounced dead at Billings Clinic. Um, so just a little background on his NASA career. He commanded the December 1968 Apollo mission on which he and his crewmates Jim Lovell and Bill Anders were the first people to ever orbit the moon. Just amazing. And he had a a legendary uh, communication uh, having viewed the far side of the moon he radioed and I get a little ch- choked up when yeah. I when I uh, hear this when he messaged back home he said from the crew of Apollo 8 we close with good night good luck and Merry Christmas and God bless all of you all of you on the good earth yeah, I, get, oh, I know I know I, know. I, choked up. I that, hear you it was, it was a wonderful choice of words all of you on the good earth um, that, I mean 
<laughs> the, like the a, balls on those. The, yeah, they, they were they were superhuman. These guys. I mean, bravery like you can't even imagine. That's why if you've never, you, you can read it or you can watch the right stuff. You can from the Earth to the Moon. Any of those oh. things that celebrate. I mean, Preston. They were going up with dramatically less technology that yeah. is available right now in your phone. Yeah. To the other side of the moon. Yeah, and it just shows you how intelligent and how capable, and and not just the astronauts. I mean, the whole the the engineers, the the, the scientists, all that stuff involved. Just, I'm so fascinated by the Apollo projects in particular. Well, and and the Mercury and, and Gemini all of them, all products the leading up to that. I it, it was just it blows me away. Uh, I hope the guy who told him he sounded like an owl is <laughs> remorseful a little bit now today in light of this loss. Uh, but it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. And yes, there is a series called From the Earth to the Moon that uh, Tom Hanks produced, and it's it's wonderful, and it shows you. All different aspects, not just the astronauts and the engineers, but all different things uh, that took place. It gives you just a, a snapshot of what happened, to be honest. Have you done the uh, the Oculus uh, thing yet, where you, 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 you take the ride to the moon? You're with oh. the... Not the moon one. I've done the the, uh, the International Space Station right. uh, so the, one, but no. You're, you're there. You you're there yeah. with them. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, In the metaverse, it, you do it? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, 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 it's 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 a um, it, you know, VR. Uh, okay. Or, but yeah. the one that I have, the Oculus Rift or yeah, whatever, yeah. that's... I that's Okay. Absolutely. Just look for the app. So that that mission, Apollo 8, was uh, part of the preparation for the first moon landing. Of course, that happened the following year, July 1969. And after his NASA career, he joined Eastern Air, became a chief executive. Uh, He modernized Eastern's uh, fleet, but uh, faced intense competition from no-frills airlines and fought unions over costs. And it didn't last, unfortunately. I remember that, though. I remember the announcement. I mean, obviously, you know, my mother, oddly enough, not oddly enough, she was was a a massive fan of the, the space program. And so I was... Dialed in early. My dad, um, not so much, but my mother. I remember watching the the first Neil Armstrong step out onto the moon with my mother. But going into the going to, into the. I mean, they had known, they sent probes and things yeah. like that, but but going out there where people had never been before blows me away by explorers and what they do, you know, just to, to have the balls to go do that. So He himself, supposedly, had been spurred on by the notion that on the far side of the moon there exists a population of people who all sounded like Al. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Borman. All right, let's go back into the junk drawer. All right, I found this is a different kind of hero. Uh, twice a year, the Emperor of Japan issues the prestigious Medal of Honor to citizens who have demonstrated excellence in their work or general behavior. We have the ceremony. The medals are color-coded to represent the reasons such as purple ribbons to those who made important advancements in science of the arts and blue ribbons for people who dedicated themselves to social welfare. Then there are the yellow ribbon medals given to those who have shown excellence in agriculture, commerce, and industry huh. and become role models for others. And there is perhaps no more deserving role model for such a ribbon than 76-year-old uh, Ryoichi Hijia of the Cut House Rio Nomis. And he is credited with changing the face or the head of Japanese fashion for decades by inventing, and I want to know if you guys have ever heard of this before, the punch perm hairstyle. Yeah. Is it the oh. is it the melon? What's the melon? I, it has like a melon look to it. Am, oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. It's like a. It's a tight perm. It's almost. Okay. Uh, it's it's a very very tight curly perm. I, I, to me, okay. I was thinking of something different. It kind of looks like a bowl cut. 
Uh, this is not. This is a punch perm. Okay. Oh. So the yellow. uh, So the punch perm is a very tight perm that gives a distinctively stylish look that is also easy to maintain. It was particularly embraced by the more rough and tumble teens through the seventies and eighties, possibly due in part to the use of punch in the name. The actual origin of the name came from uh, Hajia's desire to create something new and punchy that would grab the attention of young men in the 1960s and 70s. I love, so I'm a massive, uh, one of my bucket list trips is to Japan. I love Japan and Japanese culture around the yeah. 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, around that time, the the whole, the, 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 the bond was going to Japan for You Only Live Twice. Uh, but this time in particular is just wonderful. What were you laughing so hard at? <laughs> he said punchy, and it just made me think of, I don't, are you guys thinking the same thing? No. Pitchuation, his rocking per- you're, like, you're, you're getting a little punchy. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he said that. I feel a little punchy. No, I did oh, not. Maybe to- that was his tribute to this gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> so it was around this time hey! that in the 60s and 70s that uh, Beatlemania was sweeping the world, and guys started growing their hair out to emulate the quartet whose locks seemed only to get longer as their popularity grew. Unfortunately, for uh, Hygieia, uh, that craze meant fewer haircuts and less income, so he sought to create something what the hell that, am I gonna do? that had an edgy impact while also putting butts in the barber chair. So he he purposely came up with this to combat that, and it worked. It worked. Yes. I mean, I, I, the, the style that you mentioned, what was just up on the screen here in the studio, that was all the rage at that time. Yeah, yeah I remember my mom got a perm. I, I'll never forget when I saw her for the first time, I was sitting on my front oh, porch. Oh, the curlers? Yeah, no, no. No, no, oh, no. She got a like a straight up perm. Yeah, comes home and I see and I laughed at her. I laughed. I, I might have been like five years old yeah, yeah, max, yeah. you know. But I yeah. I had several perms. Uh, my sister was uh, studying to be a, a cosmetologist, as they call it, and uh, so I was kind of the test subject. Right. So I got several perms, and uh, and sometimes they were they they were too tight. They were you know they were it looked stupid. It did not look right on me, but. Uh, Sitting through a perm is just a joy, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is there it no pleasure? It stinks. It takes oh. It smells Oh, that smell. I remember walking into hair salons oh. and smelling that. And then you would smell it in your hair for, yeah. like, days so, afterwards. When you would, could you, when you had it done, how long before you could... Wash your hair. Are you looking at me? I never had a perm. Okay, you saw yeah. my hair when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, you were when I was the, Puerto Rican. You're I didn't Lisa, Lisa, and the cold jam. <laughs> you had to wait like a couple hours or something like that. Okay, before you could wash it. Apparently, and then, so oh, a couple. I was gonna say, and then I thought it was like a couple of days um, to to really soak it to keep, so that the perm stayed in there. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. But I knew you couldn't do it right away. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so this guy received a medal of honor for for designing a haircut, for creating okay. the punch perm. I thought that was kind of interesting. So it's just something I filed away in the junk drawer. All right, what else we got to get? Into? Oh, I found something. Oh, uh, the latest TikTok hack is putting toilet paper in the refrigerator. Do you guys see this? Oh, no. no. What do you guys think the reason behind that might be? To freeze up your butthole. What do you guys think besides that? Um, Perhaps better um, cleaning technique. Okay. Kathy, any idea why you would put toilet paper in your refrigerator? She fries hers. Um... Uh, to help with inflammation, Casey. I was thinking like uh, just the, the it feels better. Okay, no, it's actually to uh, absorb smelly odors in the refrigerator. 
like oh. baking soda. Oh. So it's serving a, uh, no, it's nothing to do with your ass. Nothing to do with your ass. <laughs> All right. Uh, baking soda <laughs> is typically used to keep refrigerator smelling fresh and only needs to be replaced every three months. However, toilet paper apparently works in a pinch. This so, is stupid. Contrary-wise, yeah. could I wipe my ass with a box of Arm & Hammer baking soda? Yes. Yeah. It's gritty. Yeah. yeah and you know. it's sharp edges. Also, mm. I don't think the baking soda works either. Uh... I, 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 I beg to differ. Think it does. Yeah. I beg to differ. I had when we when we did uh, the last uh, Keenan's live broadcast uh, over to the Jersey Shore, and I put all the, oh, right. the squid and flounder <laughs> and smelts and all those horrible fish yeah. that I bought for that con- the the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Little Mermaid contest we did. I put it in our fridge because uh-huh. I had to. Yeah, couldn't leave it sitting out, and it stunk up the fridge like nobody's business. I bought three things of baking soda, put it in there. Next day it was gone. Maybe hindsight, um, you should have put it all in like a Tupperware container and then put it in the fridge or something like that. I don't think it would have mattered. No. But you know, anyway, though, I, yeah. I, for me, it probably doesn't work yes. with yeah. my You're sense. Super sense, yeah. sense of smell. Bloodhound. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have an, an amazing toilet paper hack. Um, trying to get my family to get behind this. but uh, So, you know when like the toilet paper runs out? On, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, you replace it with a full toilet paper roll. Isn't that a crazy hack? Because my family just doesn't do oh, that. Oh, I'm serious. You're saying. Yeah. They, yeah. I know what you mean, dude. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, so the paper supposedly helps neutralize the odors. It works for about three weeks. Um, I think, it, but so technically, a, a roll of toilet paper is going to be larger than a box of Arm & Hammer baking soda. It's dumb. It, it, it's yeah. dumb. it doesn't make any you're, sense. You're eating a far more, uh, you know, acreage, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, but maybe to save money in the long run, you rotate your toilet paper in and out, and that way you're not, you know what I mean? Because eventually hey. you're going to use that for another Purpose Who ate my toilet paper? Wiping your ass with it. All right, one last thing, and then we got to take a break because we have got uh, guests. This is quick, John Troy. Oh, look what I found. Uh, the largest fancy vivid blue diamond to ever come to auction sold on Tuesday. Hmm. So this is a big monster diamond. It's 17.61 carats. Did they, say, wow. did they say where they mined it from? Uh, Probably that place no. in Central America or South but, America. Nick, you can look it up because it's called the Blue Royal, spelled B L E U. The Blue Waffle. Look that up, and and you'll find the origin of it. I'm sure. So, behold the Blue Waffle. It sold for forty four million dollars. Wow. Forty four million dollars. Don't they yeah. only grow in one spot? Uh, diamonds? Blue no, diamonds? no, no, blue diamonds. I thought they were like, I thought they were indigenous to one area. I it may be. I, I don't know, but, but I would imagine they're extremely rare. Mm. Uh, the blue royal ring featuring a fancy vivid blue pearl shaped diamond uh, was one of the standout pieces to go under the hammer at the auction house from uh, for Geneva's luxury week. Christie's had estimated the ring would fetch around thirty five mil, but it took forty four million. Did I ever tell you that uh, my wife's. Uh, uh, family uh, ancestors comes from uh, like a De- it might not be De Beers, but it is like De a- <laughs> the the Hassan Feber Incorporated. <laughs> no, no, a huge diamond family over in Europe. Are you kidding? And, really? And basically renounced everything because they fell in love and came over to the United States and like left that whole like. Well, that is a pretty wild. Story, yeah. As, as uh, did they do it because they were not allowed to be together? Or I, I don't. I'm not really sure. Because I mean, why would you leave a diamond? She was family, well off, and he was an otter. So oh. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they were get that thing out of here. Star crossed. Yeah, right. that's an amazing story, Case. So the Blue Royal is the most expensive jewel sold at auction this year. Um, actually, I lied. I'm going to do one more because oh, liar whore! I got one more. You liar whore. 
Uh, all right, here it is. Uh, and liar, be- whore, liar, whore, and you know it. You always piss off the Nero. This is a this is a, a lovely story. Uh, morning shoppers can expect to see some subtle changes at Walmart starting today. The retail giant announced that it is bringing back it, its sensory friendly shopping hours from eight a.m. to ten a.m. every day at stores nationwide. They're not getting mad at butt crack Fridays, are they? <laughs> Never. It's a staple. Uh, Walmart is aiming to create a less stimulating and more inclusive shopping environment for people with sensory disabilities. There you go. So that's interesting. I wonder I, how that's going to work for them. I think it's excellent. Uh, the company they're bringing it back. They did. Yeah, they tried. They've tried it before. So the company had uh, similar hours during uh, the back-to-school season, made small adjustments like changing the TV walls to a static image, uh, turning off the overhead radio, and dimming the lights where possible. Uh, Tyler Morgan, a a Walmart store manager, said several associates expressed a desire to continue this program all year. We have associates with autism, ADHD, etc. in the store. And one associate made the comment that uh, this is the first time the company did something just for him. So So, uh, they say here it's a two hour period, yep. at least of the sign that we're looking at. Um, Saturday mornings, is that the usual date? 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, every day. Every day? Yep. So All they're right. going to start doing that. And uh, so if you have kids or if, if you have, are an adult with sensory uh, issues, whatever it is, uh, that'll be it's nice that they're it's doing something. That. It's an accommodation, and if it makes it different, if they can listen, I don't think anyone's going to be. Where's all the noise? You know, it's, it's fine. Oh yeah, nobody's yeah. going to be upset about it. Well, there's TVs on. Uh, Walmart said there's no planned end date for the program, and it welcomes feedback on how it can continue to enhance these sensory friendly measures in store. The Walmart near me is, is it's the Wild West, Preston. It's like it's like it's like when you go to a science fiction outpost. Oh, dude, the, the one, it's uh, like the the, 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 the cantina. Uh, the one in uh, Rio Grande, New Jersey. <laughs> That's a fun one. Holy hell. I told you we saw a lady climbing on the shelves one time while we were there. <laughs> I mean, climbing. climbing. We spent, yeah. we watched her having a nice, lovely conversation with herself for a while before she did that. Do you know what they like, should have at Walmarts? They should simply have shopper blinds where you can just go and watch. Watch with what binoculars. Happens. People of Walmart, that's a, still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Those accounts yeah. are interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're closing up the junk drawer. All right. Let's get the F out of here. There was a junk drawer. Rest is closing up the junk drawer. There's nothing left here in the junk drawer. Until next time, there was the junk drawer. We'll this open it up thing. again sometime, my friend. But in the meantime, we have other guests to get to. So we are going to take a break and we will return with a couple of people to chat with as you make your way in to the weekend. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest will be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow night. We love having him by any point in time. The Golden Voice, Alonzo Bowden. Thank you. Thank you and good morning. And what's up? Nice to see you, man. (laughs) Good to see you guys. It's good to be in Philly. Yeah. It's good. I like Philly. You guys are, this is a good city and you become a great sports city. Ah, yes. yes. It it took a a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Took a long while. I'm an LA, I'm a Clipper fan. We want to thank you for James Harden. <laughs> You're welcome. Bringing our season to a grinding halt. <laughs> thank you for removing all hope. Did you ever, you, you're a physically fit guy. Did you ever play? Uh, you a- don't know how many women in L.A. think they hooked up with a member of the 89 Clippers. <laughs> I, I tell them I played for the 89 Clippers because no one knows who played for the 89 Clippers. The worst team in history. And yeah, I was, I was the 13th man. On a twelve-man team, yes, you're on the '89 Clippers. Wow, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Why, why the Clippers over the Lakers? I've always been a Clipper fan because back I, I moved to LA in the '80s and Showtime was phenomenal, and we love Magic and Kareem. I always loved those teams, but I couldn't afford those games. <laughs> yeah, but Clipper games. You were, there was a time. <laughs> where if you had, so the, the Raiders played at the Coliseum, the Clippers played at the Sports Arena, which was the small arena sure. by USC. If you had a Raider ticket stub, you could go to a Clipper game that night for $10. Ten bucks? Ten bucks. So yeah. it was like you and 3,000 of your closest friends would all be courtside at an empty 15,000 seat. No, it was always fun. The Clippers yeah. were always the little brother the, yeah. the the one that tried hard, you know what I mean? So yeah. they were always fun. And, and they've had some great teams, but it's also, like, I listen, I grew up in New York. I'm a Met fan, right? So I was trained for that, for disappointment, you know, because <laughs> the Mets are a great team until September. And then they're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, we're done, you know. But on occasion, they would win it all, and that was fantastic. So Are the, are the Clippers finally getting their own arena? Did I read that? Yes, yes. Uh, the Clippers have the richest owner in basketball. Right. Steve Ballmer, the great thing about Steve Ballmer is he Microsoft. doesn't ask for anything. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he wanted a new arena. He's like, yeah, I'll pay for it. There was none of that, you know, initiative, tax break. He was like, no, nah, I'll pay for it. <laughs> Just literally. Like, yeah. yeah. How much? Two billion? Three billion? Yeah, I got that. So they're building... It 
it's next to SoFi, next to the new football stadium. Oh, wow. And the funny thing was, when he announced it, the city of Inglewood said, oh, well, we hadn't heard about this new arena. And then, like, two weeks later, the city was like, we'd like to welcome it. You're like, oh, how, how much did that cost? You know? That's wow. wild. That's wild. Man. And it's also, all this stuff is also the Olympics are coming back in yeah. 28. So all these new facilities will be for the uh, new Olympics. Marissa just went out to uh, to SoFi this uh, season, and she, she was blown away by it. She said it was the coolest stadium she's ever seen probably. Yeah, all the new stadiums, I mean, I haven't been to Dallas or the Raiders or whatever, but they're all an experience now, mm-hmm. you know, with the giant screen yep. up top and like what Balmer's doing is every seat is going to be wired. So you can, you have all the uh, connection, the apps and everything will work from your seat. He put in the most bathrooms of any arena. That, and you're that connected alone. to yeah. the food. Well, this was his thing. He said he wants you to be able to go to the bathroom or eat and not miss any of the action. Wow. So, like, if there's a timeout, that's enough time to, <laughs> you know, you could order your food from your seat. Ah. And you have time to go pick it up and come back. Okay. Or if you have to go to the bathroom, there's one close enough to everybody in every seat. That's smart. Wow. That's smart. Because you know, they're, they're probably in the, in the top list of complaints of, uh, of venues about access to bathrooms and lines and all that. Right, you, you're missing the action. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, he's great with doing that. So we'll see how it works. And uh, you know, we've got everything except a team that has gone, <laughs> that has gone out the window with he's the signing of James. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny as Olympics yeah. or anything like that comes into an area, they build all this stuff. And it, it, I mean, in California, the, it, it's it is astonishing. I mean, we were out there a couple of years ago. We talk about this all the time. I mean, you know, real estate prices are skyrocketing everywhere. But the time we were out there, we were just asking casually this guy who was driving us to the hotel we passed like a like a modest ranch it's like a million two i'm like you got to be kidding me i mean you know so there you either have to be fabulously wealthy or you know in a tent city it, it i mean it's crazy it it is the real estate prices are crazy i mean you have a one thing of just inherited you know, family homes sure. and this and that, and the family home that they bought for you know a hundred thousand dollars in the seventies is now worth millions. <laughs> so the family can expand the empire. And so it's tough. the 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 housing market, it is what it's supply and demand. It's it like yeah, people want to live there, and people are coming up with the money, mm. you know, to live there. So yeah, and and the homeless thing you talk about it, it is. It's a huge problem, and and. It's a difficult problem to solve. In my opinion, one of the biggest problems is the NIMBYs, right? Yeah. Not in my backyard. It's like, guess what? Someone has to live in your backyard. So (laughs) when they talk about affordable housing, they're talking about, you know, $1,500 a month apartments. And people are complaining about that. And and they're like, well, where do you expect people to live? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the last mayoral election, the candidate who lost... He was a real estate developer, right? Like a big time real estate developer. And everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah. No, you, you let him win. He's just going to divide up the city amongst his friends. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Have Honestly, you, I don't know what the solution is. Have you ever, uh, you've been there for a while, obviously. Oh, yeah, I've been you ever, there forever. You ever flirt with the notion of, of, of getting out? Do you love it that much? Actually, I, I am going to be, um, I'm leaving but not because I hate L.A. Yeah. I just, I spent some time in Summerlin outside of Vegas. Okay. And it was just oh. really chill. We were just, was, uh, Ch- uh, Michael Yo lives yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Um, it's real. it's just like easy. 
you know, and and I'm like, I've done my time in L.A. Things have been great, and and it appears I'm not going to get the sitcom. <laughs> so I think it's safe to leave at this point. But I'm not one of those people leaving, hating L.A. I'm okay. just like, you man, just, I had time, a great time run, for something different. And yeah, it's time to just chill out. Well, that's cool. I asked I asked Michael about Vegas because I saw some kind of a stat that said there are like thirty thousand new residents that move in per year or something like that. And he was like, the Vegas that you think of is not. The Vegas where people live. He's like, it's yeah. stunningly beautiful. And it, it really is. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's a, and and I, I felt I spent time in an Airbnb, right? Because I got my dog now. I got a Great Dane. Oh, and, and my, but we beautiful. were just talking about him. My best buddy, we hang out. So I'm doing a week in Vegas. I said, well, let me just get an Airbnb and bring my dog and hang out. Yeah. And by the fourth day, I looked at him and said, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, this is a good place. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you travel uh, with a Great Dane? Well, I, oh, it's only places I could drive. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not flying I, with him. Well, I, I, have a, I have a question about Great Dane because, I listen, I have a, a list of dogs that I need to own before I die. And Great Dane is on that list. And uh, But I think a Great Dane more so than any. Any other kind of uh, breed of dog needs a great name. And what is your Great Dane's name? Hulk. Hulk. It's got to be something. Ah, there we go. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You don't name your Great Dane Richard. No. <laughs> you know. nah. My first dog uh, as a kid, when I was a little kid, my dad got a, a Great Dane, uh, Clementine. Well, Clem, we call her yeah. short. On her hind legs, she was about 6'2". <laughs> you know, she was huge. When she would run, we you know, you know we, we, we had a modest tract of land in our yeah. suburban area, uh, you know. Um, and um, when that dog would run, you would think there were a team of horses out. Hey, the horses well, let their yeah. horse out there. I mean, it, you could feel it inside the house. It's funny because you mentioned that because we were just talking about this outside. So I don't allow horse jokes. <laughs> I'm like, you have to come up with some new material. Right. You, call, right. you call my dog a horse. I'm like, no, horses are much bigger. <laughs> but, but the thing about having a Dane, and we were just talking about this, when you, I tell people, listen, if you call him, he's coming. <laughs> he's coming. And he's coming at full speed. So yeah, don't yeah. call him unless you're ready Ready for you know he's when he stands up his head's on my shoulder I'm six three so his head will reach my shoulder they're amazing um, and it's like yeah he's 160 pounds he's coming full speed so Man. if you call him you better be Alonzo, ready Alonzo when, we when we were kids <laughs> I've told this story on the air here I got my first McGregor pump pub uh, pup tent and so we set it up and I always wanted a tent and we set it up on the hill at the on, the, on our backyard and I just said to my mother please don't let Clem out please don't let Clem out <laughs> I hear the we're in there we we're, we're campers now Alonzo we might as well be out in Colorado now we're we're not in, in a suburban Long Island and I hear the screen door open and then I hear <laughs> and and it's one of it's like, like Wiley e. Coyote raising the land and, and watching the train coming and that that Great Dane at full velocity blew right through the tent and it, it, what, you can't stop them once they get up to speed. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, I don't like fantastic. big dogs. <laughs> no, my gosh. no, I don't like big dogs. They they always step on my nuts every single yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, if you're not man. like when you're playing, you gotta. Turn to the side. Not he even will playing. Get you. Just sitting on He's the not. couch, being at a neighbor's house, and they, they, you know their lab runs over. Boom! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you got to be ready. Got to be ready at all times. What did he say in boxing? Protect yourself at all, all times. <laughs> all times. <laughs> uh, that's oh, that's great. So you also, but, but I mean, also this new home, this new area. You, you're a, you're a motorcycle nut. You're, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So Dude. riding in the desert is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love riding in the desert. You know it. I've always liked the desert. 
And and the reason why is I grew up in New York, and I'll never forget the first time I drove from L.A. to Vegas, right? I moved to L.A., 18 years old, drive, and I was like, wow, I didn't know there was this much nothing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, you're just driving, like, this has been this way for millions of years, and there's a certain beauty and a mm-hmm. peace to it that I've always loved. So people always like, oh, I love the beach, I love the ocean. Growing up in New York, living in L.A., I've always had the ocean there. I guess I kind of take it for granted. Granted, I'm not a beach guy. I live the black stereotype. I swim like a rock. You understand? No business in the water. But the desert, I'm safe. Yeah. No, no, I've yeah. always loved it, so I'm looking it's forward gorgeous. to it. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Alonzo Bowden's going to be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. With the with the desert and, and the motorcycle, um, I, I know it's great, but it, does it get too hot? Because I would imagine you got to wear the leathers and stuff, During right? the day in the desert, it's like riding with a... Uh, um, heat blower like a like a hair dryer blowing uh, on your face it right. can be really hot but at night it's perfect like when it's 100 degrees during the day it's 80 at night okay and it's perfect and the other thing is you know people talk about the heat in the desert everywhere there's something you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. it does like if you live you yeah. know here you get the, the rain and the snow and this and that. You know, in Florida, Florida, you actually get everything. God is trying to get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed. And right right. Everything is coming toward Florida. But, you know, in the Midwest, you got the tornadoes and this and that. And the other. I In L.A., uh, what, in September, they were predicting a hurricane. Hu- hurricane hasn't hit L.A. Yeah. It was 95 years, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we're bracing for a hurricane. And then the hurricane didn't come. We had an earthquake. And we were like, phew. Okay, that's normal. That's okay. Yeah, the earth is moving, no problem. But that rain was coming. We were nervous, you know. So, so you go to the desert, you get heat. Like, like it's anywhere you live, there's something. Yeah, you know? so, no, that's true. How many, how many bikes do you? You're a Triumph and a, a Ducati guy, right? Right. Yeah. Well, no, now I'm BMW. So I, I okay. um, ooh la la. Like yeah, a I like bike. The, I like the BMW. My BMW, I, I said it's like a two wheeled M5. You know, it's K1600, six-cylinder, super-fast touring bike and stuff. I just sold a Ducati, traded it in on a different uh, Beamer. But with me, every time I come on this show, that's going to change. Like, I I love their toys, right? So I'm I'm lucky. And, I let yeah, that's a Beamer. Did you ever go across the country in one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I rode... I rode, uh, I took about eight days and I rode LA to, there's a big motorcycle thing called Americade every May in um, Lake George, New York. And I do a show there every year because, you know, it's bikes and bike people and fun. So, yeah, I rode one year. It was, it's one of the few things I've done that exceeded my expectation. I loved riding across country. And you know what I found out? It's a a Zen thing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Uh, We have a lot of corn. Yeah, yes, we do. If you ever need corn, we got you. We got you. Because you, you leave Colorado and you hit the corn. Yeah. And there's nothing but corn until Ohio. There's just nothing. It's true. But how much do you need? Because we got plenty. Okay. Hey. I, I wanted to ask about uh, the motorcycles and the styles. You talk about these BMWs and, and the Ducatis and so on. Uh, do those mix well with your Harley Davidsons? No. I, okay. I, I thought there was a, there was a no, culture it, clash, You know what right? it is? You it's, couldn't bring this to Sturgis. It's, it's not everyone else. Oh, all right. It's Harley. Harley people. <laughs> and, you know, God bless them for the amazing marketing. It's a culture that they live and... 
I can't get into it. Like, I get it, and yeah. I respect it, and I've ridden Harleys, and they're good, but I can't do the whole thing with the cult. Now, the funny ones are the ones who watch Sons of Anarchy. It's like, <laughs> relax, you're not going to beat anyone up, okay? <laughs> Take yeah, it yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> but more of them, it's just the style and the lifestyle, and, yeah. and I get it, but it's like, oh, Harley's the best bike in the world. It's like, yeah, not by a long shot, you know, but, yeah. but they're great for what they are, you know what I mean? But when you come to technology and this and that and the other, I mean... You know, they, they're not, they're, they're good bikes, They but they are what they are. Do you guys wave to each other? Uh, sometimes. It, 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 it comes and goes, but there are a lot of Harley people will only wave to other oh, Harley people. Okay. So my, our you boss, uh, Bill, our program director, is a big Harley dude, you know, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but he's he's also... Um, he's Wild Hogs. He's Wild Hogs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's, he's one of them. <laughs> and, he's and done a know, lot of touring vacations. Yeah, he loves When them. I do Americade, I mean, one of the fun things is the different culture, right? Mm-hmm. So the BMW culture is ride. Like, like if you had BMW and you didn't ride 300 miles before yep. breakfast, they're like, what are you doing? And this, it's really funny. So they have the test fleets of bikes out there, right? And it'll start raining. And everyone <laughs> shuts down their fleet right. except BMW. BMW's like, yeah, ride it in the rain. What, yep. What's wrong with you? you are, know? Are, are they sp- uh, specifically um, suited for that? Well, they, some of them are, but it's more the psychology. It's more like oh, the, 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 the people who like riding them will not love stop. riding, love touring across the country, and you deal with the weather or anything else. And then they're also uh, high speed, but not high speed like race bike. Again, like a BMW car where it's not the fastest car on the street, but it is quite comfortable going really fast. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. Neil Peart, who played for the band yeah. Rush, mm-hmm. he was a, he was a BMW guy. Yeah. I've read a few of his books, and he rode thousands and thousands of miles in all kinds of conditions. Yeah, well, famously, Ewan McGregor and his partner did a thing called The Long Way Round, and yeah, they rode that. two adventure BMWs, which I have one of those, a GS. Yeah. They rode them around the world, it, and it is truly a do-anything bike, you know. Wow. Um, but but it's all fun to me, you know. I I never got it like that thing of not liking somebody's bike. Like I don't care if you're on a scooter, you're cool with me. You know? Right? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So I just, a Vespa. I just sold my Vespa earlier scooters, this year. Scooters are fun, man. Scoot, little bikes are fun. I had a little bike called a Grom. It was a little oh. Honda 125. I yep. loved riding that thing, and it's a goof. I I weighed more than the bike, but it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you: to ride a little bike. Are, are do do motorcycle cyclists do they do they look down on on the the tribe I guess they, the the spider bikes I guess they call them the three no it's just not but you know they sell more of those to car people than motorcycle people I would imagine now I know some people who you know physically maybe get older have an injury this or that they can't hold a bike up yeah so they move to a three wheel bike right and one guy who I know who this guy rides all around the world he's one of these super touring guys and he. As he got older, he had to switch, and he likes the Can-Am because he said the two wheels in the back are in, are unstable. unstable. But two weeks in the front, um, two wheels in the front are more stable. Okay. So he became a big promoter of Can-Am. I've ridden them; they're fun. It's just, you know, what that is to me. That's something like, yeah, I'd rent one when I was on vacation. <laughs> like I'm not going to buy one, but if I was, you know, right. on vacation on some island and you Bermuda. could rent a Can-Am yeah. and go, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to rent one. But I, I uh, noticed that in my 15 years as a Vespa owner, that the only people that that made jokes or threw a little shade were people that didn't ride. Uh, motorcycle riders oh. had no problems whatsoever with my little. It was orange. We called it a cream yeah. cycle. No, Vespas. 
scooters and like in LA where we're allowed to split lanes you're allowed to ride between yeah. traffic scooters kill it you know you can get around the city on the, like I have a friend he he's an ex- exotic car guy and he runs a garage where people store their Ferraris and Lambos <laughs> and all of this right? yeah yeah his way around town he has a Vespa 300 he's like yeah that's what I ride when I got to get from point A to point B yeah. I take my Ferrari Jump on the Vespa. Alonzo, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with Philly, and, and I don't know what other cities are like, but the dirt bike problem in the city is out of hand around here. Yeah, yeah so, so this is my thing with the kids on the dirt bikes. For one thing, they don't have a place to ride, and, and that's in all, like, if they let them ride somewhere, I think they'd ride more there. It, it is a problem, but, you know, kids are going to be kids, and this is their thing. And it, it started Baltimore. It started famously. It's in all the cities, New York, Philly, this or that. When they swarm like that, yeah, it's not something that we encourage. Like, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. It's not, I will say this. The kids at the front of the pack are incredibly talented riders, and yeah. it's almost unfortunate that they can't get somewhere legitimately where you could find out, like, if you put them in a motocross race or something, how good would they be? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do with that. It it is a problem, but I think, and it, you know, like I say, I'm not condoning it. The kids, it, it, a lot of it's dangerous and it's bad when they gang up and you know scare the hell out of people and intimidate. Yeah. But they need somewhere to ride. Kids need somewhere to play. All right. You know? so, Have you ever done dirt bike? Have you ever done motocross? Or anything I like did. That? A, I did a dirt bike class. Uh, a buddy of mine. We were talking about this. Um, Triumph, we were in Portugal, they're launching this new, they call them adventure bikes, and they're for road and dirt, and they put me in a dirt bike training, because I hadn't done it before, and it was fun, but it ain't my thing, (laughs) you know, it was one of those things you do, like, yeah, that was a great experience, no, not me, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but it's fun. I did. I did it for a while as a kid. I owned a couple of dirt bikes, and uh, and then when we started going to tracks and stuff like that, I I I got scared. Like it was it was you know you're doing jumps and all kinds of you know going through the woods and stuff, and and I had a few accidents. I'm like I I I don't have the balls to do this because it's dangerous. You know, it it can be. You know, it and it's also a matter of having the right safety equipment, having common sense. This and that, and having talent, yeah, having you know, talent, having talent, a huge there's, part of it. Like I said, when you see these stunt riders and stuff, it's always funny because we'll see a group of them, and it's like the ones at the front of the group, they're okay. Well, the, the ones in the middle, you got to watch out because they think they belong up front and they ain't got that kind of talent. Yeah. And the ones in the back, you just park and let them go by. Yeah, well, the, the trick is to yeah. see around your Great Dane as you're, as yeah. you're riding <laughs> on the back. <laughs> there's a guy in Vegas who has a Grom with a sidecar. And he takes his Dane around in the oh, side. I need to see you. Do, you yeah. got to do that. Well, I said the only reason I would never do it is because L.A. traffic. No, I'm not getting my dog killed by yeah. somebody in their in their Tesla on the phone. <laughs> That's when the shirt. If you can, if you can read the shirt, the bitch fell off. That would be and legitimately yeah. Yeah. if you had <laughs> male, a female. female. Male. Right, Male. Hulk. Hulk. Come on. Uh, Hulk. He's not She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> well, listen, Alonzo, it is great to see you. Thanks for spending some time with us. You guys are we great. It. And, you know, we joked about sports, but I got to tell you, man, I was pulling for the Phillies. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, we That, was, we that one was crazy. That was yeah. the craziest finish to a series. Like, okay, we're going to score 43 runs yeah. in the <laughs> yes. first three games. Then we're just going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are. We're still. No, yeah. no, we're still sort of like yeah. deer in headlights. I don't know what no 
yeah. Can we borrow a couple of runs from the uh, from Game Three? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bring them out. Exactly. <laughs> it was sad. Well, I'll tell James Harden you guys said hi. Yeah, right. please. please do. And yeah. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's been a week, and he has requested a trade. He's already <laughs> requested a trade. You'll be leaving the Clippers next Friday. Good to know. All right, Alonzo, enjoy your time in Philly, man. It's good to see you. Alonzo Bowden, yeah! guys. Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow, 7.30, 10 p.m. Uh, by the way, tomorrow's 7.30 show is sold out. There you go. reason because he's freaking amazing. So get your tickets now while you can. All right, we have another guest who is on the program. She blew us away last time we had her on. And uh, the movie that she composed the music for is opening today. Give you a little flavor of it right now. Dramatic as you might imagine. And it's from the Marvels. And we are happy to welcome musical composer, Laura Carpenter. Hey, guys. Hey, Laura. I want to talk about about dogs, big dogs, and... (laughs) I don't know dirt bikes. I can't really do very well, but but I could talk about cars. I mean, we could talk about LA traffic. Or do you own a big dog? I do own a very big dog. I think I have a bigger dog than maybe Alonzo's Great Dane. I don't know. I don't. What do you have? Do you have an Irish, Irish wolfhound? Wolfhound? No. Bernese yes, mountain dog. I have a Great Pyrenee. A Great oh, Pyrenee. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so, yeah. so the Danes tend to be a little bit more aquiline, uh, but um, but I mean they're all. Listen, uh, we just uh, um, we just adopted a uh, a rescue dog from the, uh, the the puppy mills out in the Western PA. She's a yeah. nine year old. She's a, a newfie. There there is some. Oh wow! So you got it. Yeah. So there's you some. Got it. Well, big girl is also adopted, and she's 140 pounds. Oh my gosh! And um, she's it, 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 it is the literally most loving and the most insane thing I've ever done in my life is have a dog like this. Wow! Is this your first time with a uh, a pet this size? Yes, but listen, everybody needs to know that big girl—that's her name—has a credit in the Marvel, so you got to stay oh, tuned. No way! <laughs> oh yeah, we get studio dogs credited as well as my other dog Fauci, who's you know. I don't know. I won't go on because, of course, it's going to have all kinds of implications. But anyway, yes, the Marvels. <laughs> yes, the Marvels opening uh, today. Uh, and by the way, so like the um, uh, Captain Marvel film, and and I haven't really looked into this yet. Uh, it was all female based. All the all the the music that was uh, that was used by recording artists that were female, the 90s, yeah. female directing. All the same thing with the Marvels this time around. Oh, yeah, but the thing is, it's so incredible. And people, you know, what you see on camera is also behind the scenes. They're all female department heads. So VFX, the the supervisor is a woman. Sound supervisor is a woman. And so you have this incredible assemblage of female power, both behind the, the camera and in front of it as well. Well, you know, and Asa, director, she's great. This this kind of thing is, um, you know, obviously you are absolutely uh, prepared for stuff like this. We talked about the work you've done with uh, with just other similar movies and video games yeah. and things of that nature. Uh, I I am perpetually fascinated when we talk to to Michael Michael Giacchino and, and any composer and uh, you know about the process again of taking something. It, it, to me, it seems a, a, a such a unique thing. You're you're going to be the soundtrack of the movie, yet you're going to try to capture moments, characters, attitudes. Um, again, what is the mechanism behind the way you approach that? Do you break it down into component parts, or do you look for an overarching theme that you apply? 
You do both. You do both? I mean, the first, yeah, you do both. The first thing you need for any large scale project, especially a Marvel project, is a big theme. You know, and as you know, we premiered the theme in Philly last June with the Philadelphia Orchestra. And it's got to have those like, you know, singable hooks to right. it so that people can grab onto it immediately. And then, then you break it down to various scenes, right? You've, it's got to be able to do mystery. It's got to be able to do action. It's got to be able to do something emotional. And then it's got to be a, 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 like a, an empowering anthem. So that's kind of the, the, the first thing that you figure out. But the crazy thing about music and film and a lot of people may not even realize it is this this powerful tool a lot of the time you don't even realize is going on right mm-hmm. so if you've got a, char- a, a character that you want to rise up or you want to bring in something from their past or you, you have this this tool as well as their incredible acting words and facial expressions but the tool of music to really express their whole emotional life it's just it's magic honestly it is and it never ceases to amaze me the power that it has to really influence you know film i was um i forgot what i was reading or seeing it was it was it was concerning John Williams and, and there was a um, uh, they were talking about uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and yeah. one of the things I love about scoring films and writing for characters is you may not realize this as a, as a viewer that um, characters have their own themes and like I, I saw a segment that was called Marion's theme and I'm like well damn it I never noticed that she had her own specific piece yeah. of melody that you guys can alter and change and, and make it sound a little bit different and not as obvious maybe a little more melancholy at sometimes or a little more heroic at sometimes, but it's the theme of that person. I find that yeah. so fascinating. When you come across a certain melody that makes sense to you for a character or for an overall project, do you have to go and check and make sure that somebody hasn't already done that before at some point? And how hard is that to do? You know, it's so funny. It's such a great question. I'll tell you a funny story, and I've never said it out loud. I started writing when I was a kid. And when you're a kid writing, I was seven or eight years old, you can't tell the difference between what you create and what other people create. <laughs> and so, like, I thought I wrote Norwegian Wood. <laughs> was that you? Was that you? Great work, so great. I had, like, you know, I wrote a new second half, but like, da 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 It's like, wow, I'm great, you know. Yeah. But I think as you get older, you really, you, you know, you know what you're writing and you know what you're hearing. But kids don't. And that's really fun. Like, when you're working with with young composers, it just all sits in their, their brain, what they hear, what they create. But yeah, I mean, coming up in, in this film, this film is all about collaboration, right? Uh-huh. So the main theme is, is it's like the Avengers to Captain America, right? The main theme is about the three of them and their collaboration and their energy and their power. But there's also a secondary theme, much like you said, Marion's theme, which is this chosen family theme, which is for another kind of family group within the movie. I won't give any spoilers. And so, you know, you test it out and you see how it works in the course of the film. And it's interesting because you can, with this particular film, I wrote a lot of the themes in advance to script. And then once you get the picture in, 
You've really got to it's almost like putting up like a like a Broadway show or something where you can write all the songs you want, but you got to get it on the stage to really see what works. Yeah, it's the same thing with this. You've got to like put it against the picture. You've got to see what works. You've got to, you know, people have to the director has to like it. The producers, Kevin Feige, um, you know, is a big music guy. He really leans into music. He wants to hear stuff. He wants to make sure that it resonates with him. And he has a really good idea as all of you know, of what fans love and deserve. Laura, you know, this is something that um, we've talked to Michael Giacchino about in the past, but he did uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies. He did uh, Rogue One and Mission Impossible and Star Wars obviously have very recognizable themes. And so you coming into the Marvel Universe, the Avengers Universe, I love the theme that Alan Silvestri did for the Avengers movies. I think it's really, and when watching the trailers and the commercials for the the Marvel's movie, which I've not seen yet, you hear hints of Alan Silvestri's theme. Do you do you reach out to somebody like that? Do you talk to a Michael Giacchino about um, themes that exist already? Or do you just kind of live in your own universe? Oh, uh, you know what? All of the above. I have to tell you, Alan Silvestri wrote me the nicest note this week oh. when my theme came out and just said how much he loved it and how much he supported, you know, what I'm doing. I saw Michael last night. The, these guys are all friends and colleagues. I, You know, here's the thing that's really interesting about Marvel. It has a real profile. And like I said, you have to kind of have these hooky themes. And I work on another show for Marvel called What If? Mm -hmm. And in What If?, the whole trick is to grab like Alan's music, Michael's music, Chris Beck, all the the, mm. the people who are working and sort of mess with it within the context of what if. But here it's an opportunity for me to really invent something that puts me in the place with right. these wonderful wonderful composers and i have to say it's just been the honor of my entire life That's you know funny. it's like like the marvels is like an avenger style movie and so to be able to say hey go do that and you know i was with uh, kevin the other night he said you know you wrote this theme it feels like we've had it it feels like it's a part of our world and it's just like i can't tell you guys how much that means to me everybody has to go see this thing this weekend okay oh, I, will. I got really <laughs> early it's like six o'clock in the morning. We had a concert last night. Michael did some music. I did music for another film. Wow. And I'm up. I've been doing press all week because the actors have been on strike. I have no voice. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm here because I love you guys and Aww. I want you guys. Philly, go see this movie this weekend, please. It's really amazing. It's a. It's really a gas. It's yeah. totally fun. It's like. There's a lot of music. There are tons of musical surprises, and you'll love it. Well, I have a question about um, you were talking earlier about uh, you know uh, the Avengers and the themes uh, creeping uh, into uh, like the Captain America theme creeping its, its way in. Uh, and I don't recall in Endgame if when Captain Marvel makes her appearance, does does the score come along with her, and how does something like that work? You know, it, that that's a great question. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. It's really up to the composer and up to the director and the producers and all of that. Uh, you know, um, in this one, we wanted to really focus on the three of them. So as much as I love Pinar Toprock's Captain Marvel theme, it did not find its way into this movie. Um, Kamala Khan's theme 
found its way in in a couple of places, but it's really about this main theme and then the themes that were created for the film. But that's a great question. And, and I think that sometimes you see those signature themes follow and sometimes you don't. It's like, it's like, it, you know, part of what's cool about scoring films too is that there's a certain amount of musical real estate. Right. So like like you have so many places where you've got kind of wide open space in the film to establish your theme that are not dialogue based, that are not necessarily covered up by sound effects. So I think you want to take advantage of those places to see the new theme and to have audiences really lean into it. So, Laura, there, there's a, and I read it a couple of times that you used a, uh, a deaf percussionist in the creation yeah. of this music. And, and I, I, I'm, I know what I, the reason I think you probably did that, I'm going to guess, uh, but I want you to explain why you did it. So there's this extraordinary woman, Dame Evelyn Glennie. She's a Scottish percussionist. And I met her years ago um, working with Marin Alsop on some concert music um, stuff. And she is one of the world's greatest musicians. She she doesn't hear, but she feels music. And when she plays, she often plays barefoot. And you, she actually feels the music coming through her body. So I did all this research and found out there's actually no sound in space. Sound can bounce off something, but nothing exists on its own. It's so crazy, right? We, you could walk outside and hear the wind rustling. You could hear 500 sounds if you walk outside or even in your studio. If you sit to listen, you'll hear more than just the sound of my voice right now. So I thought that the way that she perceives sound is exactly the same way that you would perceive it as a body floating in space. So I met with her. I mean, it's so rad, right? I met with her and I went, I flew to her studio outside of London and she has probably 10,000 instruments. And we literally did the craziest things. Like, you know, the the title of the movie is called The Marvels. Well, the very last track of my score, listen for the marbles. And I won't say anything. Okay, marbles. Marbles. So let's just say that Evelyn Gletty was yeah. throwing some marbles at stuff and it, it made it into the film. It's, wow. She's just as extraordinary. Well, what's worked so well for um, Captain Marvel was not only the, the, the score, but also the soundtrack. And yeah. uh, Preston and Nick had the opportunity to be in the studio with Michael when he was scoring uh, Spider-Man. And yeah. it was it was interesting that, uh, that he had made a decision to uh, for one particular scene, not go with a score, but go with a song. And right. I wanted to ask you as a composer, like how hard is that uh, on like ego wise to check your ego and go, you know what, what I can create here is not going to be as good as a song that already exists. You know, I don't think it's even, it's even about that. I think it's about like these collaborations and there's a point where a song takes it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It song takes it. And there's one point in the film, which I won't reveal, but there's a song and actually it's a great song. And I layered score on top of it so that the, the artist, big artist, gave us permission to do that. So you have like this song just going and going and going. And then suddenly you've got an action based score layering on top of it with little bits of the voices coming through. And that's also another way you can go. But I remember in Ms. Marvel, there was this um, really, really long action s- sequence. And you build, you build, you build, you build, you build, you build, you build. And then the song takes over and it's like it takes it to the end. So, you know, as as a composer, I mean, you want to be 
a collaborator mm-hmm. on what's best for the movie at what mm-hmm. time. And sometimes a song can take it to the, the full length of the way. And you want the audience to be able to lean into that and really enjoy it. And sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes it like you could put a great song in, and, but it's over a five minute scene. And so it doesn't like change and evolve enough, you know, right. so it just it's just so dependent on what's going on in the film and what the film needs at any time. Well, sometimes what happens is they'll they'll, they'll make a, a missed call, uh, you know, and they'll they'll apply a song and it's it's. It distracts because it's something that's like, well, what, what is that? Uh, when, but when it's applied because it to the audience will will bring up a memory or put a context on it, that's when it's gangbusters. And and I I thought it's interesting if you talk about music and sounds in general, and obviously music's you know composed of sounds, but uh, something that I, and we were talking I talked about uh, this with Michael Jerry Goldsmith in the soundtrack for the for Chinatown uses yeah. all of these non-instrument sort of sounds and yet you you could not imagine that movie and specific pivotal scenes without hearing those sounds uh and you as you with your jazz music background jazz to me seems very appropriate for that kind of experimentation yeah i mean it's it's you know and it's there i mean the there is the villain, her theme, I would say, is jazzy. I sometimes call it slithery, <laughs> and, and and you'll and you'll hear a little bit of it later on in the movie. And there's actually this incredible flute player, Elena Penderhues, who solos over it. Who she tours with Herbie Hancock. She's incredible. But I think a lot of those those kind of we call them aleatoric and in, in in you know in serious music where it's it's chance music in a way and jerry used that and drew from kind of um concert music composers and in this film that's there too i mean a lot of the evelyn glennie stuff is like that i did a lot of work with choruses like these really cool choruses made up of world music traditions i mean they're like South Asian singers, South African singers, black Americans, you know, um, countertenors, which are men singing in their falsetto, singing in their high voices. So I experimented a lot with the human voice to create really weird space textures because Nia DaCosta, the director, said she wanted a space opera. So I was mm, happy well, to do that. Are all fascinating. The, are all the musicians uh, uh, female? No, but... We did have um, female chairs in in all of the um, in, in the orchestra in London, and we have all female soloists. Another one is Nadia Sirota, great viola player out of New York, and Elena Penderhues, and then Evelyn Glennie, of course. Okay, so I have to ask, uh, you know, as a video game enthusiast, and I know you have you've had uh, you know that in your resume. Um, uh, will you ever return to video games, or is that completely- I am working on a massive one right now, and I can't wow. tell you what it is, but I will. Tell tell you it is 400 minutes of music wow oh my god (laughs) it's a franchise it's female led you're gonna go out of your mind it's great i can't even believe like it's early on and i can't even believe what i'm seeing it looks like 
a movie. It's incredible. Yeah, but the, but the yeah. stuff they're putting out now is astonishing. Uh, so uh, what I want to implore anybody listening right now, especially younger listeners, is that we're talking to Laura Cartman here, who is a composer and, and world-renowned, but, like, she's a real person, a real human being mm-hmm. that, like, was a child, that was a teenager, that went to high school and then went to college. And so if you are, you know, thinking about or wanting to pursue any sort of career in arts or whatever, that it is attainable. Uh, I have a daughter that is, uh, you know, currently going through this stuff right now. And she and I went to your alma mater about a month ago and we went and saw a production of Guys and Dolls at University of Michigan. And oh, it great. was it was amazing. Yeah, it he was, was raving so about it. Yeah, he said it was Broadway and then some. Yeah. Well, the music theater department there is off the chain great and it is attainable you know and it's just a lot of hard work a lot of focus and frankly you know you're are you doing college tours right now oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> we're going to moonifieds next week and, and 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 you know it's about training mm-hmm. i mean you know i call from my training i call from my training all the time, like stuff. I mean, I went to Juilliard after Michigan. You know, I have an advanced degree in music. And I mean, this is the stuff that you pull from for your entire life. So like those of you who are out there learning music, study it, enjoy it, spend time with it, play freely, get in there and learn stuff because that stuff really, really will help you as you go through your career. Laura, what was it like to work and compose and uh, conduct in Abbey Road Studios? Because it's just legendary. And uh, do you get lost in it uh are you concentrating work all the above oh yeah all the above i mean so the minute and 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 really this is the truth of it i know you probably heard it from michael as well the minute you walk in that place you feel it (laughs) and then there's the like you know the 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 famous piano the upright piano like you walk by it and for our um session we used a ton of the beatles mics and you know these these vintage mics that sound so amazing and i think one of the extraordinary things about this particular score is peter coven and christy whaley the the recordists the engineers the people who actually record the music and then mix it oh my god they did an extraordinary job and the orchestra the way it sounds that room that place oh it is the best thing i can't i can't even say enough about it it's the best thing ever i was just looking to see if i had my abbey road coffee (laughs) well the funny thing i've heard said about it is that is that you walk in and it doesn't immediately impress you as a room the main room there that would generate uh, you know the sounds that have come out of it and yet somehow they, they they people have described it as literally magical was that your experience Oh, yeah, it's church, you know, it's temple, it's whatever, wherever you find yourself. And you walk in and you just kind of walk into a hallway, right? And there are pictures all over the walls and, you know, (laughs) and then you walk downstairs and you start to feel it. And then you walk into Studio B, which was the big, where they recorded a ton of stuff, and you really feel it. And then you go into Studio A and... It has, like, I know this is going to sound kind of weird. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. <laughs> say it. But it's got a smell. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's not a bad smell, but it's like a woody smell. Well, Lauren, that, a, a term I was going to use is it's probably, it's seasoned, if you know what I mean. Yeah, if, you know? if that's, now that is perfectly put. I was, I, you know, I may have chosen a different word, but <laughs> no, no, no. Would you call it a fab <laughs> smell? <laughs> it's kind of a fab smell, but it's a groovy smell is what it is. <laughs> groovy. And it's groovy. And it's just like, it's an honor to record there. And musicians are like, 
oh my God, they are off the chain. Yeah. And the camaraderie there. It just was, we spent two weeks there in April and we went back again in September to finish up. And it's just, it's just the best. I, you know, it's just the best. Well, we're very excited yep. for everything. And, and now we get the full product. Huge movie. The actor strike is over. People can promote it. And yep. uh, yeah. <laughs> we, went, we went, we introduced it at the El Capitan last night. And the reason why I have no voice is because earlier in the week, like I'm doing all the press and these, I can tell you these actors actors work really hard but anyway last night we went to the El Capitan to sort of open the movie for the audience and, and its own you know Hollywood Boulevard yeah. with all the things and Imam Vellani who plays Ms. Marvel she was with us and the crowd just went crazy Aww. and I think Brie Larson is, is doing Jimmy Fallon and like oh my god we're back in town here and everybody in LA is so excited to be back to work and back being able to embrace these projects that we've worked so hard on. Excellent. Alright Laura congratulations we'll see the movie Thank this you. weekend and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Congrats. Oh, you will. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Laura Cartman, guys. Is awesome. And the Marvels. This music right here. You're listening to the theme. She created it right up there. <laughs> right up there in her noodle. Uh, we are going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. We still got stuff to get to. B-File on the way when we return. Stay with us. WMMR. Preston and Steve's Dorm Decor TikTok Tour. A chance to win $1,000 in crisp college cash from our friends at College Ave Student Loans. The entries are in, and now it's time to vote who has the niftiest knack with their dorm room decor and should win a grand. Check out the videos and vote now on our contest page at WMMR.com. But hurry, the voting deadline's November 12th. Preston and Steve's Dorm Room Decor TikTok Tour. Presented by College Ave Student Loans. A better way to pay for college. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your school. All right. We shall do the Bizarre File. Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you by Lorenzo and Sons Pizza. The iconic Lorenzo and Sons Pizza is a Philadelphia staple with locations in Westchester, in Xfinity Live, and in Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Visit Lorenzo'sWestchester.com. Uh, a, well, let's see. Let's start with something a little lighter than that. Um, oh, boy. Well, it's not crazy. I mean, he's just a crazy person. Uh, yeah, how about this one? A... Vandalia, and I'm not sure what state this is in, a Vandalia man was arrested late Tuesday night after he allegedly detected or yeah, directed his drone to crash into another drone that was owned by the county sheriff's office. So he took out the sheriff's drone. Yeah. Uh, Ryan D. Breeden was arrested on requested charge of attempted property damage of the first degree felony and obstructing government operations. You were in that helicopter. The beach. <laughs> The sheriff's office said in a Facebook post that uh, Breeden's drone attacked its UAV pilot drone in an intentional attempt to cause the crash. Uh, the sheriff's drone, equipped with forward-looking infrared, escaped the attack and located Breeden with its with its uh, technology, its infrared uh -huh. technology. Uh, deputies were guided to Breeden's location and he was arrested. His equipment was also seized. Uh, the sheriff's office said that it was patrolling the city of Vandalia during a scheduled citywide power outage when it was attacked. Uh, Breeden remains at the county jail pending formal. You were in that <laughs> helicopter? 
Preston, it's not too far from St. Louis. I love that huh? clip. Really? Vandalia, oh, Vandalia, yeah. Illinois? No, uh, Missouri. Vandalia, Missouri. Wow. Yeah. It's up okay. by uh, Farber. It's the gateway to Curryville. There you go. Uh, All righty. Gateway to Curryville. <laughs> they got lots of helicopters out there. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, here you go. Here's a story I was going to leave with. A man forgot his wallet at a polling place in Pennsylvania on Tuesday. He threatened workers and brought some guns to the building. Uh, over $100 he claimed was missing, according to Harrisburg Police. You wait right here. I'm going to go get some guns. It's kind of worked out that way. Yeah. David Lasner, who is 74, called police to report an alleged theft, then reportedly told officers he'd just get a gun and handle it himself. I got it. Uh, police said the officers... Sheriff. Made attempts to convince him that it wouldn't be in everyone's best interest if he were to show up at a polling station with a firearm with bad intentions. So is his perception that the someone had clipped money from the wallet or that he thought someone had clipped his wallet? No, somebody had taken money from the uh, wallet. Uh, police right, said... I need to get some guns. Officers <laughs> made it to the polling place before Lasseter returned and made contact with him as he was pulling into the parking lot. I got Lass- my guns! Lasseter appeared to point a gun at an unoccupied police cruiser during the incident. And do that. Um, the officer said after initially returning to the polling station to retrieve his wallet. Mr. Lasseter proceeded to make a scene inside. The alarm, This alarming everyone within the premises, he reportedly made threats to come back with a firearm before he left. The money was in my back pocket. Uh, police said <laughs> officers found seven firearms with matching ammunition for each each one in Lasseter's vehicle. Uh, he became aggressive and hostile towards the officers. He was detained for his safety as well as that for everyone else at the scene, so he was uh, arrested for terroristic threats. Uh, yeah. I, I forgot to tell you guys yesterday, I was at the supermarket and I grabbed somebody else's cart and I took it half, uh, no, not halfway. I took it all the way across to the other <laughs> side of the supermarket. And when I went to put something in the cart, right, yeah. I looked down and it was somebody's like possessions, not like what they were going to buy. Like, you were, they, they, like a pocketbook like stuff is in there? Um, like a child? There, like, there was child. like one of those little grabby things to grab uh, things from like higher shelves. Oh, oh yeah. Like an uh, old woman who's uh, just, oh, Rachel, no. I grabbed an old lady shopping cart and I just, Gang he was a monster. <laughs> Did you ask if she could smell or if you could smell her club foot? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that woman? Yeah. Uh, well, that was a nun. That was a, a, nun. Nun. Was a yeah. nun. So <laughs> what, when, when you returned it to her, what did she say? She wasn't there. I just put it in the spot <gasps> where... Jeez. I just put I just put it where oh my, my God. cart was. Go sprinting out. Yeah, and and I took off. Wait, was your cart still there? It was still there with everything inside of it. Oh my God! She yeah. was in the manager's office, yeah. probably. Yeah. He said I sounded like an owl. <laughs> wow! Yeah, who? Wow! But okay. what's even better is if she said it was stolen, and then they went back to where it was, and it was just sitting right there, like, "Oh, you crazy, you crazy. old lady! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right here, Grandma. Time to go home." Yeah. All right, listen to this story. I had a uh, and a gator story earlier. Now I got a crocodile one. An Australian farmer bit the Australian farmer bit a saltwater crocodile on the eyelid to save himself from being killed by the reptile. Wow, I didn't know they had traditional eyelids. A uh, cattle herder, Colin Devereaux, was attacked by the thirty-three point two meter long crocodile while he was on his way to put up some fencing near the Finnish River in the Northern Territory. Uh, the farmer was described as being a veteran in his 60s. I uh, had stopped by a lake when he noticed fish swimming in the middle of its receded water. And he began to step away. A crocodile latched onto his right foot. He said it was big. It grabbed it, shook me like a rag doll, and took off back into the water, pulling me in. Oh, man. Uh, he initially tried kicking the reptile in the ribs with his left foot. And then when that didn't work, he bit 
the saltwater crocodile. So he had to, like, double over then because if his foot is in its mouth. Yeah, he said, I was in such an awkward position, but by accident, my teeth caught his eyelid. Nice. He said it was pretty thick, like holding on to leather, but I I jerked (laughs) back on his eyelid and he let go. You bastard. Uh, The farmer was able to make a break for it and says crocodile gave chase for maybe four meters before it stopped. It all happened, he said, in about eight seconds. Mr. Devereaux got a towel and some rope to strap up his leg and stop the bleeding before being driven by his brother to a hospital. He said the biggest problem was having to clear out all the bad bacteria from the wound. He Mm. said so all of the Mm. billabong water full of mud, goose crap and dust, duck crap and crocodile (laughs) teeth marks. You're making me hungry. Yeah. He said my foot and leg uh, was open up bad and over ten days in a row I think they had to flush it out. Uh, So he's been in the hospital receiving treatment for the past month. Received a skin graft earlier in November and or uh, yeah earlier this month and he is now able to feel his toes which has given doctors hope that he will be able to walk out of the hospital soon. Wow. I remember the story years ago Sharon Stone she was married at the time and yeah. her husband was bitten by I think by a Komodo dragon Komodo dragon at a zoo yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and he was like for six months they were battling all sorts of infection. Yeah, yeah. poisonous like saliva or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I saw an, actually an interesting question about Crocs earlier this morning and Who? the question is uh, <laughs> no it's uh, how many Crocs would Kid Rock rock if Kid Rock did rock Crocs? <laughs> I just don't know the answer to that. No, nobody I, does. I do That's not know we'll the never answer know. to that. No. Thank you. I am not Thank rewinding you. that. Thank I am you. sticking to my guns. As well you should. Yes. All right, yeah. and that is what I have in the file for you. All right, let's break. Let's come back in a second. Lesson question. That's up next. We'll see if you paid attention this morning. Plus the trash and music news. So stay with us. Drunk text your ex. Text MMR instead at 39333. Just don't ask us, hey, you up? Because, nah, we're good. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at AcmeSwoopingAndWinGame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Friday morning. Scoot along till we give away the Word of the Week prize, which will be along shortly. We have other things, though, that we're I'm sorry, I'm going to bring the music down so quickly. Uh, we have other things to give away. Uh, in fact, now we should do that. We're going to do today's lesson question, and we will give away some tickets to go to Tinseltown. Uh, it will be at FDR Park in South Philly this winter. So the question I pose to you is... 
There's an unproven theory that the people who live on the dark side of the moon all sound like what animals? 215-263-WMMR. Guessing will get you nothing. You yeah. had to have heard it yeah. earlier. It's kind of been a theme this morning, too. <laughs> There's an unproven theory that the people who live on the dark side of the moon all sound like what animal? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, it's brought to you this morning by Monster Mania 57. This weekend in Oaks, Pennsylvania with Alice Cooper. Scream Reunion, the stars of Five Nights at Freddy's and more. Tickets are on sale now at monstermania.net. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, controversial actor Army Hammer injecting humor into his return to Instagram, saying he had to negotiate some landmines before reactivating his account. The 37-year-old actor joked, by the way, I seriously enjoy eating human flesh and I'm not even remotely kidding because I'm a cannibal. Oh, my God. I don't hear the joke in that. Former NFLer Croy Bierman has been ordered by a judge to turn in his Rolls-Royce for repossession. Bierman has been pleading with the judge, saying the Rolls-Royce is his only way to deliver food for Uber Eats. (laughs) And finally, Rob Reiner believes JFK's assassination 60 years ago was not the work of a lone gunman, and he plans to provide an additional name on his podcast. Amazingly, Reiner's been dropped Hands that the second gunman was Dick Van Dyke. That's your Hollywood trap. That guy's beloved. It's unbelievable. All right, we'll see if someone knows the answer to this. Uh, there's an unproved theory that the people who live on the dark side of the moon all sound like what animals? 215 263 WMMR. We'll go to Tom, see if we can get that answer. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, Tom, the people on the other side of the moon, they sound like what? Owls. Owls. Who? Yeah, hang on, Tom. Got yourself four pack of tickets for the Tinseltown Holiday Spectacular. Coming to South Philly and uh, FDR Park this winter, visitors of all ages will feel the magic of the holiday season as they stroll through a spectacle of lights, dine on festive treats and beverages, and meet Santa Claus. Santa Claus! And much more. Uh, Tickets... Are now available on TinseltownHoliday.com. Use the code WMMR20 and you will get 20% off. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Deeds and Watson. Whether you are craving smoky, spicy, or sweet, Deeds and Watson has what you need to create the perfect sandwich. Deeds and Watson, it's a family thing. Premier, a premium meats and artisan cheeses since 1939. The final Kiss concert, which ends the band's 24-city, 25-date North American tour, will be live streamed from Madison Square Garden. Uh, their last show ever was scheduled for New York City because that's where their journey of over 50 years of record-breaking global, global tours began. Uh, the end of the road tour wraps on December 2nd. You could say that the chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> It will be available to watch live on pay-per-view. Uh, and you can go to ppv.com, which does not require a subscription. It will offer the concert for thirty nine ninety nine in the U.S. Santino. And Canada. Oh, and no. it's fourteen ninety nine anywhere else in the world. Douglas. Actually, I had another story in the bizarre file of a million chickens that have to be, oh, no. unbelievable. Have to be euthanized, and I just couldn't break it to Gene. Well, the carnage never stop. Yeah, it's just 
tough for you, so I understand that. What is this? Back in the New York groove, bro. Oh, yeah. It's an Ace Freely solo I song, know. but it's close enough. Totally. I love that song, by the way. No one cares about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this weekend, Metallica is going to play the final two shows of the 2023 leg of the M72 World Tour, uh, Friday and Sunday in Detroit. Uh, the tour supporting this year's 72 Seasons album began during late April in Amsterdam and has played a dozen U.S. and European cities with an entirely different set lists each night. That's over the course of two nights. Uh, the N72 tour resumes next May. You could uh, only in Munich. You could only purchase for both nights, right? There were no single night tickets. I, I think, believe I wasn't think that the that's conceit? the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why Kirk Hammett said that he feels like it was a one big long set with a day intermission <laughs> in between. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, can I have, thank yeah, you? Yeah. There you go, buddy. Give it back. <laughs> give it. Give it. Remember saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it. Just give it. <laughs> give it. Give me back my chicken. Uh, the band Coldplay is giving fans around the world a chance to be heard on their upcoming album called Moon Music. They explained how easy it is, and they posted, all you have to do is record yourself singing, ah, <laughs> for a few seconds right. <laughs> at oneworld.com, play Coldplay.com. Let me do that again. That's my uvula. I yeah, have yeah. very strong control over my uvula. Uh, is there a video that you can watch to like so you know what Kate is saying? It says or? you can either copy the note on the site or sing a G or C in any octave. Okay. I love that. I have a feeling you will be doing this. Uh, I might. Do it. Because after, you, Coldplay fan. After a week, uh, they opened submissions. Coldplay revealed that more than 120,000 fans from 204 countries, states, and territories have uploaded their voices for the upcoming new song. <laughs> Uh, you have until Monday to submit your voice for inclusion in the band's website. I l- listen. I love a good harmony, but when you can get like a lot of people to harmonize all at once, it's amazing. It's an amazing. There's a band called Wolfpack that oh, yeah. had the entire uh, Madison Square Garden singing a three part harmony. I was like, I don't know how you do this. So, Preston, at a certain point, the sheer volume of people. You'll still be able to different, differentiate the notes. Right, yeah. right. You'll still hear a right. chord, probably. But it looks super simple, Casey. You just yeah. go to the website, you click a button, and then you sing. <laughs> that guy's going to make it. There's a great video I need to show you. It's of uh, Herbie, or not Herbie Hancock. It's it was John Hancock. John Hancock. Nope. It was uh, Bobby McFerrin in oh. front of a crowd explaining the pentatonic scale. Yeah. And he's bouncing along, and he's having the audience sing the scale. It's really, really oh, cool. Oh, i got to watch that. And they end up harmonizing yes. it at points. It's really, really cool. It's, and oh. he points out that it's human nature. Yeah. It's really remarkable. To do that? Yeah. Yes. Steve, it's it's mind-blowing, but he gets the entire audience to sing along. Do we got it? Oh, here's the note for, uh, here's the Coldplay example. Example. Here we go. Let's see like this. Uh, no. Safe flight replay. No. Safe flight replay. Merci your face. Merci your Merci beaucoup. Merci your face. Do it again. Are you doing that note? Let's Me. see like this. Let's see like this. Uh, <laughs> merci beaucoup. Merci like, your face. It's like this. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> merci your face. Let's see like, like this. Something like this. Merci beaucoup. Merci your face. Let's see like this. 
Uh, Dude, that was, that was you? Yeah. That was really good. Do it good. again. Do it again. Do I'll it. Say it the same time as him. Look at. Let's see like this. <laughs> Let's see like this. Now, can you harmonize with that? Let's all, all right, do that. I'll go yeah. down low. Okay. Let's, Let's see, see like, like this. this. <laughs> One more oh, time. I'll do it again. I didn't get to participate. Okay. All right. Right. Give us count us down. Yeah. It's, well, the Here, problem oh, is, I got you. I got there's you. a gap. There's, there's a, a gap. Right. And, uh, I'm going to close the gap. The Beatles never had a gap. No, they didn't. All right, it's gone. All right, so we're going to say a C like this. Right. Three, two, one. A C like this. this. You guys are jumping in too quick. Okay. Three, two, one. A C, a C like, like this. this. Yeah, I think we nailed it. It sounded very good. We're going to be on the record. You will be. It's a C like this. Uh, by the way, Preston, that name of that video for Bobby McFerrin, it's Bobby McFerrin demonstrates the power of the pentatonic scale. It was at the World Science Festival ah. from about 14 years ago. And Steve, wow. I'm going to send it to you. It, I want to see it. Preston's right. It's, it's unbelievable. And the way that he gets everybody to sing along in uh, in chorus is quite remarkable. I love yeah. his sessions with Robert Johnny. Yeah. And then also uh, check out Wolfpack, uh, Madison Square Garden, Back Pocket is the name of the song. Okay. Right. One last story. Uh, Alanis Morissette will tour North America next year. She just announced 31 shows. One of them is in our area at the FM Pavilion, July 2nd. And joining her, uh, her run June 9th through August 10th, which includes our shows, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Wow. Well, that's a good show. Ooh, Hell yeah. I, I think I would enjoy an Alanis Morissette show. Yeah. And with Joan Jett opening up, yeah. Pretty solid. She loves rock and roll. Uh, she, <laughs> she said, "I am inspired and heartened, and and she doesn't care about her rep- no. reputation either. No, not at all. Uh, I'm inspired and heartened, and uh, feel giddy inside to be going on this upcoming summer tour. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to perform. Uh, tickets go on sale next Tuesday, November 14th. By the way, and that is all I have in music news. And that means we have one more break to take." Then we will give away our Word of the Week prize, and we'll wrap up the program, and you'll head into your weekend with Pierre Robert. Stay with us. We'll be right back in a moment. What is Camp Out for Hunger? Where do I park? What hours can I come by? Hey, are the condo rides free? Can I donate online? You've got questions. We've got all the answers. WMMR.com slash camp out for everything you want to know and more. Gorgeous song to end with on 93.3 WMMR. The sweet sounds of heaven. Rolling Stones. Little hub from Lady Gaga. How friggin' good is that song? And how great is... Uh, first, he sounds fantastic. And Gaga sounds awesome. And Stevie Wonder is in there, too. He sounds awesome, too. Some uh, phenomenal music right there. 10.52. Friday morning. No sad, bro. We are wrapping up the show as we speak. So, I would like to go through the wrapping up uh, motions here and thank our guests for being on the program today. We had Johnny Good Times hey! on the show. Hey, hey. Johnny Good Times is hosting our Quizzo Night on Wednesday night at the Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, teams of eight. We have enough room for about 150 people all together. It's first come, first serve. The information is available at WMMR.com, but Johnny's going to make it a special night. He's like, he's the guy. We have a catered suite to the Flyers that we are going to give away for the first prize. Team comes in first, so you can uh, come and join us for that, but get there early. It's going to start at 8, but we're going to have to figure out where we'd send people and getting sign-ups and all that stuff. Uh, also, thank you to Alonzo Bowden. Helium Comedy Club is just the nicest guy and funny as hell, and he's got shows this week, and one of them is sold out. I want to say the Saturday 7.30 yes. show is sold out. You're right. Uh, and then we had composer Laura Carpman. Hey! 
She has composed the music for The Marvels, which opens today. And uh, she's done other stuff in the Marvel Universe. But outside of that, she's created a whole lot of great music throughout the years. Lovely woman. Great to talk to her. When we were done with the interview, she was going on and on and on about what a great time she had with Marissa off air and just said, we're effing amazing. Oh, at, uh, she's so sweet. At talking music. So that was great uh, to have her on the air this morning. Pierre is here. She was cool. She, yeah. uh, both of those guests were cool, but she sounded uh, particularly intrigued uh, to be. Had you, have you guys had her on before? Yes, yeah. we had her on once before, and it was a, an equally engaging, wonderful conversation. I, I mean, it's so cool that the uh, Hollywood actor's strike has ended, uh, and the writer's strike ended, what, a couple weeks before that? Yeah, so the writer's strike ended first, and then it was just yesterday, you know, right. um, that the actor's strike was over, and then they immediately hit the ground promoting stuff right. that's out. I mean, we're not, you know, it's going to be a, a year, year and a half before a lot of this stuff gets completed that was put on hold because just the way right. time goes. But at least it will get back to somewhat normal. It's good stuff. Ish. Good stuff. Excellent. Good stuff. All right, uh, we'll do the letter and move yes. along, right? All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. The Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by The Letter. N as in no. All right, I haven't done this in a while. Caller number one. Man, you crazy. Whoa, you super crazy. Guzzo. Two, Whoa. Super Guzzo. Super Guzzo. 215-263-WMMR. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if you know what the word of the week is. Call now. What's up today, Guzzo? What you got going on? Well, super thank you, Guzzo. Super. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got... Uh, Tickets, one more pair for Green Day, Rancid, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, that show went on sale uh, at 10 a.m., almost an hour ago, uh, at uh, the ballpark coming next summer. And we'll also have a big Green Day weekend on the air this weekend, so keep uh, tuned into us. We'll do a block of Green Day, block of Collective Soul, and all sorts of other Friday marvelous stuff as we move forward today. Wonderful. All right, we are looking for somebody to give us that word of the week. We'll go Go to Jennifer. Hi there, Jennifer. Good morning, it. Good morning to see you, Jennifer. What is our word of the week? It is lemon. Super Guzzo! Yeah! You heard the man, Jennifer. Super Super Guzzo. Guzzo. And we have a a pretty straight-ahead prize for you. 500 bucks from the Baxter, all right? Ooh, thanks. Yeah, congratulations. Hang on, we'll get your info. We'll set you up with the cash. And the Bagster is by far the most convenient and affordable way to help with your home cleanup. You go buy it at any home improvement store, fill it, and simply schedule your collection, and it's gone. Damn right. Clean it up with the Bagster. Dumpster in a bag. I'm going to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan. And the President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Trinity Rehab locations all over and now opening King of Prussia, Trinity-Rehab.com. Next week on the program, we have anything? Oh, yeah. The camp out for Honda. Planning stuff, getting ready. You plan stuff, you get ready, and then we'll see you together there. Uh, All the details, WMMR.com slash campout. Pierre's going to be there, Brent Porsche, Jackie, a lot of the staff members showing up. So It's about collecting food. We want to see you come down. You bring the food, and you get all the benefits. Yep. Come and see us. That's it. We're done. Ray John, have a great weekend. We'll see you then, gang. Bye-bye. WMMR. Bing there. Do 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 do
After Dark. Your chance to stop by the Camp Out for Hunger broadcast during evening hours to make your food donation and enjoy fun, free activities. Monday night, it's Food Trucks and Fireworks, presented by Five Below, with delectable eats from 12 food trucks and a stellar show from Celebration Fireworks kicking off Camp Out Week. Tuesday, it's movie night under the stars with a showing of Step Brothers on the big screen. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Wednesday night, it's Quizzo Night, hosted by Johnny Goodtimes inside Victory Beer Hall with a flyer suite up for grabs for the winning team. All events are free with your Phil Abundance donation, including free carnival rides from Skelly Amusements all week long. And yes, parking's free too. Get details, including all the where's and when's at WMMR.com slash campout. Shopify helped businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.